Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 290 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. And not only that, welcome to the final episode from this studio. You will not see the outdoors anymore when you watch Game Face. I really like this studio, but unfortunately we're moving out and Matt got some intel on what's going on here. Like, I thought they were selling the building and some other company was moving in. But you were just no. told the truth, right? Yeah, the, uh, the 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 tech building across the street bought the place, and they are knocking the building down to build a parking lot. Apparently, yeah. This is this whole building, and it's gigantic. Is getting leveled, and it's old. Like this, it is, is a old. It's a also venerable radio building. Yeah, right? it's a classic building from like the ancient history of Hollywood. Yeah, and they're leveling it. Although to build Europeans a- will laugh at that, right? But like, <laughs> right. This building was is it's the way it was fifty years ago. <laughs> It's well, our impossible. Office. No one was alive then, <laughs> as Eddie Azard would say. Yeah, they're building like a huge, like, apartment entertainment complex right across the street, and it is gigantic. Oh, yeah, it is three huge buildings, and each one of them are like 12 or 13 stories mm-hmm. high. And they're just using it's gonna this. create so much content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna level this to build a parking lot for that big building. So, yeah, it sucks. But anyway, this is our last episode. It's going to be a good one, though, because we have a gigantic mm-hmm. game to talk about today. Yeah. Gigantic. Uh, Listev had given away uh, subs. Oh. Um, congratulations to him for getting his company in uh, blackenterprise.com for quintupling its revenue, LS Cream, or Cream and, LS. And that's all because of us, because we oh, promoted yeah. Yeah, his, his liquor. <laughs> and now he's, he has quintupled his sales in a year, right? Yeah. That is amazing, man. Congratulations. I'm going to use your real name for this, Steve. Congratulations, man. That is amazing. Also, congrats on getting the feature um, on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt sent that to me last night, and it just a big smile spread across my face to see uh, how successful your liquor is becoming. So amazing job, amazing work, a lot of hard work to get And actually, there. I got sent that because of someone I let try it. Oh, really? Uh, saying like, hey, what was the name of that cream look? Yeah, I was like, oh, was it? and like, they sent me that link. They're just like, no way. there he is. They and connected the dots. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great, man. Really good to hear that. Um, we do have a big show today. Well, we have one gigantic game. We're going to kick off the show with Horizon Forbidden West. Matt and I have both been feverishly playing it as much as humanly possible over the last week or so. Uh, I think we're both pretty confident we can deliver some good impressions to you guys on that. Um, another note... Um, I asked you guys last week if you were okay with Good Morning Gaming going day and date live to our YouTube audience. No objections. You guys were all unanimous in saying, yes, absolutely do it. So this is a big moment for us. We have never had a single show, piece of content, whatever, be free. So this is a big paradigm shift for us. Uh, It took five years for us to do this on our Patreon to finally come up with a show that you guys were okay with us sharing with everyone else for free in hopes that our Patreon will grow um, and our social media following will grow, which are all is good for you guys because that means more revenue for us and it means more content for you guys. This is not, I just want you guys to know, this is not something that's going to ha- keep happening. Um, if, when we have another show that we launch, it's not going to be free. This is kind of the one uh, sample that we're going to give out to our YouTube audience. It's a little hard right now because we're like four episodes behind and like, do I just not publish those episodes on YouTube? <laughs> because when you do that, you can. it's so funny on YouTube. You can see when you do things, you lose followers. So if you, for us anyway, if we publish a lot of stuff in a short period of time, we lose followers. It's very bizarre because 
a lot of people have reached out to us on YouTube and said, you should separate all your shows. There should be a YouTube channel for Pactor Factor. There should be a YouTube channel for Game Face. Mm. They want a separate channel for every show, and like, nobody does it that way. But I can see that when we publish a lot of stuff in one day on our YouTube channel, we lose followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It is because it pops in the feed too much, and they're like, yeah. oh, it's, oh spam. it's annoying. Spam. Yeah. It's like, dude, get over it. It's very weird. The, I just can't understand people anymore, Matt. I'll just be honest with you. Like the way people act, like how angry people get, how quick people are to just jump on people anymore. Like I've been on the internet for professionally for twenty some years. It's never been like this. Everybody is just like, that's not what I want. Eh, mm-hmm. eh, eh. Like. There are like people like my niece and people her age that I've seen that um, they get mad if they get an ad online that's yeah. for something they already have. Yeah, they're like like it should just know that you already yeah, own just read this your thing mind. or whatever. It's well, very the irony weird. is that they want Google snooping on them. Right. Whereas people like us are like, oh my god, I searched for this and now all I see is ads for this on every website I go to, and we're we're mad about it. And you're saying their perspective is like, I want more of that. Yeah, interesting. There, there is no concept of of privacy. Uh, for for the younger you go, yeah, there's like no snoop on me and custom customize everything for what I want, and it's hilarious to me because I you know I was around I was an adult when the internet really blew up you know mm-hmm. we were we were in our twenties really yeah um and uh, back in the day it was just like oh don't tell anyone what your real name is don't tell anyone where you are don't give them any information don't tell them who you're married to yeah like like the big the like age sex location in a chat room was like. Oh, you're living dangerously, right. basically. Yeah. And now it's like, just put everything on your Twitter bio about who you are, where you are, what you do, everyone you know, and everything that upsets you. And your and phone like, number and, yeah. your, and your cash And your email link. and your ca- – yeah, <laughs> the things connected to your bank. It's, it's a, just a completely different thing. Like, yeah, it really is. And, yeah. uh, and at that point, I guess who cares it's just who's snooping on you? Someone who's running a business that relies on these people, it's so frustrating. If like – you do one thing, it makes a certain segment of that group happy, and then mm-hmm. pisses off another segment. Like it just—it feels like there's no universal truth anymore online. Like, oh, there isn't. There's nothing that no. you can do that is always going to work to the good for you. The universal truth is what you think at the time for yourself at like whatever makes you feel good. Like yeah. that happens all the time. And like, and and if you're not. And if someone disagrees with you, if someone's like, actually, I think it's more like this, you're gaslighting them. Right, right. It's, it's you're, Or some other psychological term that doesn't actually mean what, what Tumblr and TikTok and Twitter right. use it to mean, but like is used to protect yourself from ever having to think critically about yourself. Yeah, and don't look, so. don't think this is like a, a rant against cancel culture. I, I oh, don't know. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't believe there is such a thing as cancel culture. I call cancel culture accountability culture. Yeah, so that's not I'm what I'm talking about here. Is not like, canceling. It's just yeah, like don't just, like peg me with Joe Rogan or some crap. Like that's not what I'm getting at here. It's just hard to run a business when you're relying on people who have no consensus in how they feel about things. It's well, that's why you just got to do what you think is right for right. your Which thing, which is what and, I've done, and but, that's that. Yeah. But. So. We're not launching a new YouTube channel for Good Morning Gaming. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> stuff where, like, you know, like, I've seen stuff where, like, if you have a radical change in format, you launch yeah. another. Like, like there's, a, there's a channel I follow called Toy Galaxy mm-hmm. that does basically, like, really well-produced, like, you know, man sitting in a chair doing, like, 
a, a rundown of a history of a, an old toy. Like, and they did very thorough, very well researched, very well produced, extremely well done. But they also do, uh, they started doing videos where he plays games or like he uh, talks about his favorite toys or like shows like new toys he got. Mm -hmm. And it's different enough in production value from the normal stuff that they started a separate channel for them. Mm. So if you want to see that stuff, you can watch. I could probably understand that. that makes but everything that you put out for Sifted is essentially the same it's kind of thing. It's all game related. It's all, yeah, it's yeah. all game related. It's all essentially the same level of production value. Yeah. Um, except for the one where we talk for three hours. That's maybe a little. A little <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. they're all very, very highly produced for, yeah. in general. General and like you know, I don't think if like if you're not into if you're into Pactor Factor, I don't know why you wouldn't be at least moder moderately interested in the other stuff. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and, look, and if, if you're not, you can just easily skip it. I follow board game channels that post like nine things a day. Yeah, and it's just like no one's interested in everything about board. It's all there's such yeah. a diverse. I mean, topic. obviously there are YouTube channels. IGN publishes dozens of things every day, yeah. and it runs the gamut. And it, look, if we were ever to branch out and do more like entertainment based content like movie or tv show stuff like we would probably launch a new youtube channel for that because and it would be called sifted entertainment or whatever because right. right now our youtube channel is sifted games so as long as we stick to games that's what's going to appear on our youtube channel hopefully most of you guys are cool with that uh it has been frustrating though watching you, you think the more you post the better you're gonna do because you're like oh mm -hmm. i'm putting out i'm giving away all this free content to these people and instead they're like F you. <laughs> it's so weird. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we're just doing the best we can here. Um, so I think that's it for the housekeeping for now. I think we're ready to kick off the show, and we're going to kick things off with the biggest release maybe of the year, or at least maybe until Friday. <laughs> yeah. also, I mean, literally, it could be that close. And that game is Horizon Zero Dawn. A well, place... Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> what? Forbidden West, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Zero Dawn was the, it's the first, first game. one, yeah. But Which I never reason... noticed before. There's a one in that in the first is. game's logo, and now there's a little there's a two, two in this that, logo. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice it either they until. I was... And then the reason <laughs> well, I said they hoped, I guess. The reason I said Zero Dawn is because they reference Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn. Yeah, Project Zero Dawn is obviously the foundation of the lore. Yeah, yeah, of the story in yeah. the game, so to speak. And I've heard it dozens of times mm -hmm. in the last like four or five days, and it was just kind of like a Freudian slip, but. Horizon Forbidden West. Well, I keep calling it Horizon 2, which also is not accurate. I but mean, it's it easily it's is. easier to just... It does have the 2 in that logo does, in there. Does, but they don't officially uh -uh. call it that. Yeah. Um, it is a PlayStation exclusive from... For now. For now. Eventually, it'll probably come to PC. Yeah, I'm, like I'm sure. Like most PlayStation exclusives do. I would consider finally upgrading my PC to see what this thing looks like like a year from now. Man. Well, okay, so I have, we have a huge discussion plan for this game. So get yourself a drink, put your feet up. We're going to really dive into this game. Um, and I do have a structure, Matt, that hopefully mm. we can kind of follow. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, and I want to start talking off, talking about the story. It is an action RPG. Stories are very important. Character development is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, this game takes place six months after the end of Zero Dawn. And Aloy has been kind of MIA. She saved the world and all these people. Well, and then she, she saved Meridian. Right. Well, yeah. she's a hero. Yeah. But she disappeared. So everyone's like, she saved us, and she's been gone for six yeah, months. She, she vanished from her own celebration party, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and so as this game begins, she's reappearing. She's finally appeared to these people mm -hmm. who have been wondering where she has been yeah. for well, six really, months. Well, really, Varl caught, her, caught up to her. That's, act, yeah. that's true, actually. He tracked her, right? Yeah. yeah. He found her. Um, 
and she ends up having to go back to Meridian right. for, for for basically uh, political purposes. Yep. Because she finds out she has to get... She's looking for a backup of Gaia because Gaia destroyed herself. The, the main AI that was supposed to save the world. Uh, the, the premise of the first game is basically that uh, a mysterious signal uh, was, was uh, sent to Gaia, which activated Hades and corrupted all the other subordinate AIs and started sending everything to, to hell. And Gaia, <laughs> to save herself destroyed herself right after she created a clone of the woman who created Gaia, who is a- Aloy. So yeah. Aloy is a clone of Elizabeth Sobet, Sobek, who was uh, the, the head the, of the program. The head of the program of Zero Dawn, who say, who, you know, and Zero Dawn. One thing I do love about the the backstory in this series is it is they, whoever whoever wrote this th- these games did their science homework. Like a lot of it is very plausible, right down to the time. It would take the the machines to engulf the Earth mm-hmm. the way they do. Like that's pretty accurate com- considering like how the, the methodology they're using. Um, and the thing, the great thing is that unfolds over the course of of the first game is like, you know, you expect oh there was a post apocalyptic thing and you know obviously something happened and you know, people survived somehow. And then you find out that, like oh no they didn't. Like right. the plan was literally we're gonna let the world end and build a thing that repopulates it and fixes it later. Right. And the the issue is that that's a very complicated thing and it didn't go right and no one really knows why it went, didn't go right. But Aloy s- stopped Hades, which is the bad AI that was, Hades was the AI that was supposed to basically wipe the slate if something went wrong mm-hmm. and it went berserk yeah. and she had to stop it at the end. Well, then there was Silence who was kind right. of meddling in the whole thing. And- yeah, Silence was her mysterious mentor slash antagonist slash guy who knows more than everyone else and mm-hmm. the the post credit scene on the first one is that uh Hades broadcasts something you, Hades is red so you know it's bad mm-hmm. it's a, and it broadcasts <laughs> something out from the tower in Meridian and it, and it goes into this little lantern silence is carrying and you're like oh what silence up to and you find out in this game what he is up to yeah um and so six months later and the one sentence that you where you kind of gave the synopsis, like I think for most people, they have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. But when you've been playing the game, you know what you're talking about, and it makes sense. But essentially, Gaia is a program that was mm. built to save the Earth yeah. environmentally, bearing a striking resemblance to Gaia from Captain Planet. Yeah, I have to yeah, say. actually, because like, she because that was Whoopi Goldberg in Captain right, Planet, right. and she looks very <laughs> much like not like generally like Whoopi Goldberg, but she does have the same sort of uh, black woman with her hair up in a flowing robe yeah, sort of thing yeah. going on. Yep. Um, but uh, the story is complicated in this game. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot happening there. Like, and uh, But essentially there's an AI that was created to save the world. Yeah, and Aloy's looking for a copy of it. Right. Um, so that she can so, reboot so they can it. Reboot it because otherwise the biosphere is basically going to collapse. Because what's happened is Gaia failed. It exploded yeah. basically, killed, destroyed itself. And now the world is being taken over by this corruption, essentially. Yeah. That's killing all the wildlife, and the robots are taking over because weren't the yeah. robots also trained to eat the corrupted material? Yeah. The robots are the machines are actually supposed to be helpful. They're supposed to be terraformers, right. and um, but but they have been uh, corrupted by Hades, and then Hades did something to Hephaestus, which is the the, the AI that builds the machines. Mm-hmm. So Hephaestus has been churning out deranged machines for like twenty years. Yep. Um, which has very much changed how people live, um, and, uh, and but so yeah, uh, and and also also all this happened largely because um, uh, the tech billionaire Ted Farrow, the Pharaoh of old, mm-hmm. um, 
whose fault it was that the world was ending. He's the one who created the gray goose scenario where the nanomachine, where the machines are basically going to consume all organic light, organic matter on the planet. Um, he couldn't stand the idea that every, everyone in the future would know that he did all this. So he killed everyone who was supposed to run the project and ran off and lived by and, and purged uh, Apollo, which was the AI segment that that contained all human knowledge. So the reason everybody in Horizon is living in sort of a a uh, an uninformed technological yeah, state, a, a basically a, a more natural <laughs> state, uh, is because the the all knowledge was wiped away. All knowledge is gone. The the education basically. Uh, they the AIs were able to clone people mm -hmm. and raise them and then boot them out into the world when they ran out of food, but they didn't have any education for them. Like they yep. they basically are like all human knowledge is gone, so we don't know how what to tell you what to do. All we can say is go out there and don't die. And so that's yeah. what happened. Everybody formed different tribes and everybody kind of like and formed weird spiritual beliefs. That all, like one of my favorite things about this this series is how Aloy understands what technology is and what the AIs are. And everyone else thinks it's all gods and spirits and stuff. Yeah. And she's constantly just like, yeah, sure. I got to go wake the spirit up in the magic cave. Just tell me where it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's some uh, of the stuff though, like that she says, like, I do wonder where it came from. Like some of her comments about the old world and the old mm -hmm. ones, which is us. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that she says, I'm like, where did you get that? And some of the vernacular she uses, I'm well, she, like, where did well, you pick up those words? Well, a lot like, of it she gets from uh, the the focus. Yeah. Like the focus teaches her how to read, teaches her the names, which is for her things. little Google Glass, basically. Yeah. <laughs> which she found a bunch more of them between games, so yeah. now she can and hand now them, she just out hands to them out to people. Like when candy yeah. to her friends, uh, yeah. like, like people's like, oh, got a new one, you know Because yeah. in the first game, it was like seeing another person with a, a focus was like a big moment. It was a revelation. Now yeah. she found. Now she has a whole bag of them. Mm -hmm. Um, which is handy because then, like your allies can talk to you, like through you know. Yeah, like I mean, it's a, a typical earpiece. Yeah, finger earpiece up to the stuff, earpiece yeah. moment. In all but games. it's also fun to see her, like, kind of t finally teach her friends what the real situation right. is, and they're all sort of like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> it's like, uh, it's it's a it's it's a it's a good change. It it it's a little it's a little hand wavy, yeah. uh, but actually, I think it improves things enough that I don't care. Yeah, I think the cost benefit analysis yeah, for it's it absolutely out. worth yeah. fudging that to get agree. the 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 benefits of it. Yep. Um, how do you like how they tell the story in this game, Matt? I like. I mean, I they like... had like their Naughty Dog moment at the at the beginning where they have the song that plays and the mm -hmm. emotional. Well, like... by beginning you mean like yeah, five, five hours, hours in. in. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> the, I saw people complaining about how long the prologue is in this game, and I'm like, you know what? I thought I th knew what you're complaining about, but then I realized maybe I wasn't out of what you were considering yeah. the prologue because the, you could consider the prologue to this game five hours, and then but, and then like, oh, it takes forever to get out in the open world. And I'm like, well, I'm out in the open world. And then I realized, like, no, I wasn't. I was in an open area, right. but I wasn't in the open world until no. like 10 hours right. in. Yeah. Like, this it's a game, slow unfolding. Well, this game is gigantic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it is a huge, huge beast. Like, um, I think somewhere around 20 hours, I, I got I got to the point in the story. I'm like, oh, this is the story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what we're doing. That's okay. a long ways in before you really yeah. figure out what the story is. Because a lot of the beginning part of the game is just tying up the loose ends from the first game in a lot yeah. of ways. There's like, a lot what of that. happened here? And yeah. there's a I mean, some of that is like sort of, okay, we did get to make a sequel, so we kind of got to position stuff to go forward forever. Yeah. Basically. You, know, there, there, you can see them laying the groundwork for like, if we need to keep doing this. And there is, very, at the very, very beginning of the game, there's a thing that happens where I'm like, oh, is this where you're going with this? And it is. And yeah. it's like, which is actually something I thought of when I played the first game uh, that I thought would be cool. And they actually did it, which I thought was neat. <laughs> you're a psychic. 
So uh, back to what I was saying. How do you like how the story is told in this game? One of our biggest complaints about the first game was the facial animation. Oh, I think they've revolutionized that. It's insane. This is some of the best like character acting I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, and I think that might be partly from working with Kojima. With Death Stranding. And Matt, have the- you, actually, let's rewind just a second. One of the big complaints people had, and a lot of the reviews docked the game for this, was facial animation issues where Aloy's eyeballs would go crazy. Mm-hmm. In or, the first game or this one? This one. And characters would just look awkward or whatever. I've had none of I've that. Never, I haven't seen anything like that. None of it. No. And look, again, they've put up footage that backs up what they're saying. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. I have had one bug in this game. I had a crash. Well, I've got a couple, I've got a couple things where, like, you know, you know the monsters fall and they wiggle because yeah. they, they land on a weird rock or or she like she has trouble uh, jumping across certain like gaps and without falling weird and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've only had only had one serious bug and that is there's a um uh there's a um one of the desert dweller the the desert uh, Tanakh uh, places the shifting sands or sh- sh- you, know, you know you know like the yeah. big one Every, the the one that it has uh the the melee pit you know the fighting mm-hmm. training thing. Every time I say goodbye to that guy, the game crashes. I had it crash there, too. Yeah, and I did it twice, and it does it every time. I had it crash there, too. Yeah. Yep, same deal for me. That's the only crash I've had The only game. crash. The only serious problem. Yeah, so stay away from the pit fighting until they issue a patch. Or at least, I mean, it, it does, it does auto-save. Like, it, yeah. it saved all the stuff I did. It just it, And then when I came I, back, I was standing right next to the yeah, pit, Yeah, there's no, there's no loss of time That is there. funny that we both had the same crash. I think that's an actual established bug in it the is. game. I also think that that is the first time that has ever happened we both in almost thing. 300 yeah. episodes of Game Face yeah. that we both it had the same crash much. bug. Like, ever. <laughs> it but never yeah, happens. I have seen no, like, in cutscene glitches Me either. or bugs the or faces, like I mean, we... I mean, who knows what people were getting on their you know, the review build. Yeah. Like, you know, the day one patches make a big difference. It made days. a big difference, apparently, for this one. I've had no bugs whatsoever. I had Aloy get kind of stuck. Yeah. Between like a rock and a wall, one time. A couple time. things like that, but, but it's like no, nothing outside of the usual. It auto saves like every stuff. fifty yards. Like yeah. it's not a big deal. And then you can manual save whenever you want to. You can have, quick save at the at the fires. Like I have issues still with uh, the climbing traversal, but that is not bugs. That is it's just, just the way it's built. The way it's built, and it's made, it still feels a little half baked. I, I think in general, and we'll get to gameplay a little bit here in a minute. But I do think in general, one of the things is they try to automate everything mm. with her controls. And it causes problems yeah. sometimes. The one criticism I have, so I actually have two criticisms about the presentation, character, animation stuff. Uh, one, there are a couple, not all, not nearly all, but there are a couple minor side quests where the facial animation is not as good. And particularly with Aloy, you can tell that like the B team was doing this one because mm-hmm. Aloy's facial expressions are vastly improved in this game. It's like, you can tell what she's thinking most of the yes. time. And like there's moments in when some of the minor side quests where she's got that kind of blank look she had in the first game mm-hmm. again. And in the main quest and like the big side quest, you'll see like she's got like kind of a half smirk on her face sometimes where you can tell like she doesn't believe what any what's happening, mm-hmm. but she's kind of playing along. Like you get a lot more facial reads of her inner yeah. thoughts. Uh, which is actually it's impressive for any game, let alone this one. Like they they did a great job, and some of these you know Aaron, the guy from the 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 um the guy from the previous game, or friend with the mohawk, yep. like his facial animation is some of the best I've ever seen in anything. I mean, like all he, the characters, it's incredible. It really also, is incredible. The these are and this has been pointed out on social media a lot. Um, 
these are some of the best black people, best looking yeah. black people in any game I'd I've agree. ever seen. Like yeah. like the variety in skin tone and color yeah. and and the the it, it's they did a lot of work and a lot of research and it took a lot of care to make people look yeah. like real people and it's really impressive. But the other the, the one thing is the side quest thing. The other thing is because you have the the Bioware style wheel of dis- decision making. You know, when you know, points in the conversation, you get to choose what Aloy says yeah. or asks. They still have the thing where everybody's talking and everybody's animated and they, and then everybody sort of slowly goes back to rest position oh. before it fades in in the the dialogue wheel again, yeah. and it's really artificial yeah. seeming. Like there's got to be a and the way Bioware gets around that is it pops the dialogue wheel up early, so you can kind of pick your choice before the conversation stops moving mm-hmm. and this one doesn't do that the conversation just sort of lulls and the dialogue wheel pops up slowly and then you pick your next option and i think if they went more of a bioware way and like it would feel a little less artificial but that is such nitpicking bottom line vastly improved just incredible it really <laughs> maybe the most improved animation yeah. system from one game to the next i have ever seen it is amazing like now, it is it is impressive. unreal you don't have much agency over the story there's one point in the game where you do have a choice of which path you want to take but, but you can always go back into the other right. It doesn't you really. No, it, you're, you're never locked out of anything. Yeah, and there's really no branching paths to the story, so to speak, where no. you make a decision and it changes how things happen. Yeah, you can choose the order, but you are always doing all the things. Yeah, um, and so that may be. And the order is pretty determined because of the level requirements. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's also a group of kind of superheroes in the game mm-hmm. that are your enemies that appear from some far flung galaxy. And you end up mixing it up with them. They're superhumans, and part of the plot is trying to figure out how you can fight them and combat them. And that's a long, deep thread all on its own. Mm-hmm. Story's good in this. It is. I do feel like it does get a little bogged down in technical jargon. And like I said, this the one sentence you said earlier made perfect sense to me. But someone who hasn't spent tons of hours with this game would, was probably like, what the hell did he just say? And so the game, it does, and if you haven't played the first, obviously if you did play the first, it helps because you know some of those terms already. But if you were to just jump into the second one, I probably think you'd be struggling a little bit to figure out what the heck's going on. Like, it tries to catch you up, but, like, it... Can only do so much. She's constantly running into people from the previous game or, like, you you need previous knowledge of the Karja and what yeah. they did and why the Mad Sun King was a problem. Mm-hmm. Who really wasn't. That guy, that guy impacted just about everybody in a 100-mile radius mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, and he makes an appearance early on. Yeah. Uh, the Mad Sun King. He's dead. Yeah. But the, the good Sun King is your buddy. Yep. And... Uh, they're still trying to push some kind of... That was actually the moment I really re- realized that, oh, the facial animations jump because the sun, the new Sun King has a thing for Aloy, like wants to like mm-hmm. get to know her yeah, and wants to hang get, out. get with her. Yeah. When you're done, like come on over and like uh-huh. we'll, we'll hang out in my city, you know. They, yeah. And like in the previous game, Aloy just sort of stone-faced all that, but in this one you can tell she's sort of like, She's sort of into it, but like she's like, I got shit to do and I, well, I can't think about Well, you can choose how she reacts to Yeah, it. you can choose how she reacts, but like she just... The the subtlety of her facial expression versus what she has to say and her quest that she has to complete is much better. And I really like that they've, you know, she's always been a very introverted sort of like socially awkward character because yeah. she was raised in the wilds by one dude who didn't really show her a lot of affection. But like, yeah. um, there's a lot of that in play in this, and like you can tell she's a kind person, but she doesn't always know what to you know what to do, or she doesn't really want to deal with small talk or she weird doesn't shit. suffer fools. No, not at all. Yeah. Like she's. She has no time for any of this crap, mm-hmm. and um, she just wants to get the mission. Just get done. on with it. What do you want yeah. me to do? How do you need me to help? And uh, and she'll always get more involved if like someone's in trouble. 
um, if someone just wants something and she can get, you know, like she confronts uh, a very, very powerful man at one point and basically says like, he, he does the usual RPG thing of like, all right, you want the thing I have? Well, then I'm going to tell you, like, you got to do this thing for me and then I'll let you see the thing. And she's like, why, do, why wouldn't I just kill you now right. and yeah. take the thing? <laughs> and he's, he's like, like uh. he's like, uh, you could try it, but it would probably cause you more problems than it's worth. And she's like, mm. I don't know. <laughs> not so sure about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I just took out two Apex Snap Maws and, and four Rollerbacks in one fight. Uh, yeah. I think I could take you, dude. Like, it's, And then there's a moment in the game that, I guess the best way I could compare it is like Game of Thrones Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in this game where everything just gets flipped on its head mm-hmm. and like tons of people die. And that kind of changes the direction of the pros from there on out. Introduces a big villain to the game that you're going to follow for the pretty much the rest of the game. I think overall, I like the story in the game. I, I do think it's a little overwrought and a little bogged down in technicalities and verbiage, but... I mean, it is it is hard sci-fi yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, in a way that a lot of games are not. And when you, and uh, and actually, when you think about sort of that in the first one, especially this one, it makes more and more sense why Kojima decided to work with them. Mm-hmm. Because they come at... You know, I think this is this is more based in reality than what Kojima does, but they are mm-hmm. both drawing from hard science ah, yeah, and making sure. extrapolations from that. I think uh, Kojima's going a little weirder with it, a little more B-movie John Carpenter, but uh, they are both reading the same papers, I think. And um, and I more and more, I was like, okay, and I, I can see sort of the influence of Kojima and what Death Stranding did with its engine on this game um, and the idea of sort of trying to make it about the, the journey. Like, there is a... Uh, a feeling of of scope in this game that just was not in the first one, and yeah. I and the first one did have scale and scope, absolutely. Yeah. But you see, like early on when you're riding that cable car in the very beginning of this game, and you're going through the big canyon, I'm just like, oh, there was nothing like this in yeah. the first, game. like just the size of the world. Yeah. The scale is gigantic. The game is gigantic. Yeah, and you don't realize it always when you look at the the, the map because you pull out to the map, okay, there's like a few tall necks. There's like you know the, the tall necks are basically the the, the you know the climb the tower from Assassin's Creed of these games, mm-hmm. but those are all their own puzzles now. And the other thing is like you know all the tunnels in the first game was you just had to find a way to climb up on top of them. And in this game, there's like different ways to approach that. And they found a different you know the, one of them's like okay you got to bring it down. There's no way to climb it. So you got to yeah. knock it over, which has never been even suggested you could knock a tall neck over before. Right. So yeah. like there's a lot of cool like kind of breaking breaking the the pattern in this game that I think works. Um, they also fixed the inventory system, thank God. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the story, too, though, is that like a lot of games like this one that are just exceedingly long, you'll get these goals, and they're not easy. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like multi-part, and it'll take you two to three hours of game time to complete them. But what I know— And even more because you're getting distracted by shit. Right, right. But what I know after a while is that, like— there's going to be a bait and switch. You know when you accomplish that, that it's not... Yeah, that's not, not going to be it. It's not going to be the revelatory thing that you want. And I talked about this on Good Morning Gaming today with these long games. After you've played them for a long time, you start to, like, I don't know, moments in the game start to lose impact because you know before you complete them that they're probably not going to be this big thing that you thought they were going to be. And, like, something's going to happen. It's going to be mm-hmm. the princesses in another castle, essentially. Oh, yeah. But also, that's just storytelling. Yeah. Like the, you know, when, when she's hanging out, talking to Gaia, and she's telling her all the, you know, the three components she has to go find. And she's like, well, it's not going to be that easy. Like, it's mm-hmm. obviously, it's, everything's too fun. Everything's too fine right yeah. now. It's like, oh, just go get these things, and they're going to be complications. Obviously, you're going to tell these various stories. And I do appreciate that, like... Uh, Here's the pit, by the way. We yeah, that is, this is the pit that does that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're never getting. You're not getting out of this one alive. <laughs> um, the uh, I appreciate that. Like a lot of the, um, uh, like a lot of the the big quests are basically like telling you like more information about these tribes and these groups yeah. of people and who they are. And there's so much lore hidden in here. It's fascinating. Like, like the the what was it the uh, I can't remember all. Their there's names so much voice they're... acting. I, oh, yeah. I'm just now. I pretty much skip through them all. But I mean, every conversation you have with a person. There's there. like five yeah. options, and then there's like three minutes of exposition behind each option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the side quests are definitely taking a page from The Witcher Three. Like, they're, it's insane. Like, and it, to the point that you can see, like, there's there's main quests, there's side quests, there's errands, there's right. jobs, there's yeah. like a, there's a bunch of levels of what kind of mm-hmm. uh, involvement they are. Um, and I still don't even have the thing that I get to breathe underwater with, or like all that. You know, the, based upon what you told me, you are you'll get it. Soon. Getting soon, but like. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen those crabs yet. I'm 33 hours in. Well, you know, there's like, the dem- the demo that they put out, the first real gameplay of it. I'm way into this game. I still have not seen that. Yeah, it's gonna be a, clearly it's gonna be a while before I see the coastline. Like it's <laughs> like because that's like the the highest level stuff is out where San Francisco was. Yeah, and that's kind of your goal ultimately is that you need to make it to the Pacific yeah, you go Ocean. West. Yeah, and that's where your end goal kind of is overall though story does a great job of pulling me through the game i am mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of hours into yeah. it i'm also still engaged the, uh, i'm still excited about what i learn and what i see in the well, game also because the moment-to-moment storytelling is engaging like yeah. the characters are interesting yeah like that's pretty unusual in a lot of these games too like, yep um yeah I'm, i care about who these guys are um mm-hmm. i'm interested in the different cultures like the there's the one the 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 in uh was it peace peace field or whatever that was like the you know the, the 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 farmers that you run yeah. into, um, and like they all every all of them have like a seed pod they wear on their clothes that they are given when they're born, and they fill them with seeds that mean something because of the plants they like. And when they die, they their their loved ones retrieve that seed pod and plant those seeds as a memorial to them. So they they go, and it's just like that's a really cool idea for for a for a culture. And also, it's like a thing. That, yeah, I like that they did think about like what these different groups of people would start to think and out what they believe yeah. based on where they ended up being booted out of their clone vats or whatever, like with no guidance and no, uh, you know, you've got that, you've got like, you know, the, the, the Tanakh who are like very warlike because where they, uh, where they kind of existed, they had holograms of military history stuff from this museum that was like glorifying this like elite squad. And it's just like, yeah, yeah so they became like a Klingon culture yeah. because they, they like, and, and like there's, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff with that. Um, and what they all look like, they all look very different. Like, I, I'm impressed that they just like, you know, people wearing various armor things and like machine parts. I can tell the silhouette what what, what tribe they're from. Yeah, from absolutely. A distance. Like it's it's very well done. Yep. Um, let's talk about the design of the game. It is an action RPG, and it comes with all the requisites that you would expect. There's mm-hmm. leveling up. Um, when you level up, you generally get some skill points that you can yeah. use to spend, and then your overall health goes up a little bit. Yeah, ten points per level. And you point- also get you also get skill points for just completing quests too. Yeah, so you that, do. that goes pretty fast. Skill tree, there are let's see, there are six, six different skill point categories. Each one of them has twenty to thirty unlocks. Uh, the six categories are warrior, trapper, hunter bow, survivor, infiltrator, and machine master. Uh, which of those threads have you gone deepest down? Um uh hunter and um uh what was it? I've gone way down the melee one, the hunter Warrior. one, and the um, healing one. Yeah, me too. I have not put a single point in trapping. Me either. <laughs> I have not put a single <laughs> point in trap. <laughs> I have I've 
spent a ton on melee. I spent a ton on hunter, which is your bow, basically, yeah. and then healing. And then I put a little bit into the stealth stuff because I put a fair amount into stealth. Because uh, what I've realized is like hiding in the bushes, like you can wipe out whole oh, yeah. herds of machines. Well, I went all I went down the stealth tree specifically to get the get my uh, silent strike powered up. Built, That's what I wanted. Me too. So I want to exactly kill everything in one shot as much yep. as I can. And I did go down the machine master tree a little bit because once I get the over, I've gotten a couple cauldrons, got the overrides in place. I really enjoy. Uh, Making a an overridden machine aggressive and sending it in to fight like a kaiju battle. Like yeah, I, that's a that's a, a well. Eventually, cool thing. you can yeah, you can make the machines turn on each yeah. other as you get down the tree. Um, I think the tree's good. Like I don't think yeah. I'm going to come anywhere near completing maybe any of them by the time I finish the game. Oh, I think I will. Really? Maybe not trapper. Um, you 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 do a lot more side quests than I do. I do a lot. Yes. I mean, there have been times when like suddenly I look at the little thing in the corner. I'm like, oh, I have 15 skill points. I should yeah. do something with those. Um, and then of course in there you've got your uh, what your your special ability, special moves that you can do with each weapon and valor abilities yeah. which are like which are like new super moves basically. Yeah, you build as you fight enemies, you build up a meter. When it's full, you hit. You basically go into over the shoulder view, and then you tap R one, and that sends you yeah. into this like frenzied state where your damage output is yeah. or whatever whatever. There's different ones. So, like there was the damage ones. The one I use right now is a is a chameleon. Oh, so the stealth tree one where I can that where you turn, go invisible? Turn, turn it completely invisible yeah. and get a hundred. I get like a hundred percent damage bonus. Yeah, and there's um, one for each of those six of those skill trees. Yeah, and like there's when two, you, there's two each. Two each. Oh, that's right, because you go down. There's yeah, another. There's one. one at the bottom. And the way that works is if you buy the skills around the, the node, the yeah. node eventually gives you that power. Yeah, and then you can spend more skill points to upgrade that power. Right. Uh, to level to a level three. Yeah, it's deep. Um, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot in there. Yeah. Um, more than enough. Yeah. This is the opposite of Dying Light to me, where I'm just like, oh, most of these, almost all these upgrades are change how the game works. Yeah. Because the other thing is, like, that I didn't really re- remember until I started upgrading the, the outfits more. I'm like, oh, like, two or three points in this game of damage or protection matters. It does matter. Like they, they, cha- they, they do actually change the, uh, the game a little bit, because the, the numbers are not very inflated in this game, like our, some RPGs have, where it's like, oh, I want, like, 3,000 defense. Like, no, you got 30 defense, you're doing pretty damn well. Yeah, and the, the other thing I would say, too, though, is that the new weapons and armor come at a very slow drip. They do. Like, you can buy stuff, but if you look at it, it's like, I ended up, like, sticking with just my default hunter bow for the yeah, first, I, like, 15 hours. Yeah, I because... kept that for a long time until I got, like, slightly, you know, basically you'll hit ones that are, you, you can upgrade them to have a higher maximum damage. Yep. And those are going to replace what you already have. But I've stuck with it. You know, I had, had the, the one sniper bow for most, until... Like the last three hours of the game, yeah, because um, they do they do fine. Yeah, like I mean, they, I was I've had two outfits the whole game. Yeah, I had I'm on like my second three outfit. three or four different what's bows your, what's total. Your, what's your second outfit? Um, I don't even know what it was called. Mine is the Shadow Karja. Oh. It's, the, it's a dark one uh, with like a like an eagle face. Well, I ended up turning, but I, it was all melee. Def- it was all yeah. da- defense, so I turned yeah. that way up. You may have seen it in the B-roll earlier, but I turned Aloy into like a goth princess. She has like black mm. lipstick and oh, like I had her black eyeliner, while, yeah. and like. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, um, I like that you can dye the the armor. Yeah, like that's fun. There's credits. You discover all this stuff just cruising around yep. the world. Um, what else? The workbench. Mm. So there's a place where you can go to craft. After the first five hours of the game, it almost became worthless. 
Like, I don't craft anything anymore other than the arrows and ammo and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I upgrade the pouches when I can. But the, the gating on that is very widespread because the animals you need. Yeah, I have murdered more rabbits than yeah. you could ever. But, like, the, the, the animals you need for that just don't show up until much later. So you're sort of stuck with what See, you have. I don't like how they handle that at all. How they're like, okay, you need X number of stuff that you've collected a lot of. And then here's this one thing that you need that you'll never just find playing the game. And to the, to its credit, you can hit, I think, triangle, and it'll create a quest yeah. for you to just go get that resource. But it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like the crafting in this is kind of pointless. It, for people who are going to play this for a couple hundred hours, I think it makes more sense. For someone who's just trying to play through it, like, I got to the point where I had leveled up, like, all my weapons as much as I could without that one special component. So usually mm. by the time you get to level three, that's where you need the special component to go any level. That yeah, once level you're in higher. the blue, blue, the blue weapons and stuff. Yeah. And for me, that one of the big gating components was a bellow back sack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because I finally started finding them. And then I realized like you have to kill them without blowing their sack because the others, you have to knock, yeah. knock the component off. And, um, but I've actually enjoyed that. I've actually, once I realized, like, if you scan them, you can go through the, the, the stuff and it shows you which ones are key upgrade components. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, here, here I am with a, with a, the, with a, the, the giant turtle. Yeah. What is that? I can't remember the name of it. Snap, snap. I don't remember. Snap yeah. back or something. Um, but like the thing you need on that are the little bolts that hold its shell on. And it's got like six of those. So yeah. I'm like, if I can just hit this thing over and over and get those, I can get six of those bolts and I'll just, I'll be I'm good. good. Yeah. So I did that and fought it for like 20 minutes, just slowly picking off those <laughs> bolts and, and got it. And like, and I come back and yeah. I start looking through the, like my armor upgrades for the new thing I got, the new weapon I got. And like the maximum upgrade requires seven oh, snaps, uh, bolts. God. And I was like, oh, for fuck. That's brutal. Yeah. See, but that. But the, the now game, I have a bow that can rip those off in two shots. Right. So right. It's, it, it's better than the seven shots it was taking before. But that is the way this game is. You don't. Yeah. You shouldn't really just go in and murder the animals. First, you scan or the machines. You first you scan them. You can figure out where their weak spots are. But as Matt said, it will also tell you, hey, these components you don't want because if you kill mm -hmm. the machine. Sometimes you lose those parts. You can't scavenge. You always lose them. Yeah, you like can't scavenge the parts from their yeah, dead the corpse. Yeah, the special parts, the component parts will always be destroyed when you kill them. So you have to knock them off first. Yeah. Unless they are webbing for one of the sack things, in which case uh, you have to leave that intact when you kill them. And then you right. will always get it if you left it intact. Because the trick on that is if you blow that up, um, they lose their primary offensive ability, which makes it easier. So the idea is you have to kill them it's harder. risk-reward. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, which is annoying, especially with the alligators, because they shoot acid at you. Yeah. I'm um, not a big fan of the way they handle that stuff. I, I wish it was more optional. Like, if you wanted, like, Uber bag, or if you wanted, like, Uber bow, or Uber spear, okay. Give me a two-hour quest to get that. But it, you get, basically, to your second upgrade, and at that point, you're basically forced to go and look for the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, some of that's just, like, kind of power gating. Yeah, they know. it totally is. But, yeah. like, now, like, at this point, I have more bellow. You know, I spent... 10 hours not having any bellow back sacks because largely because I didn't run into any. Yeah. And when I did, I was not strong enough to deal with any of them. Mm -hmm. And now I have like more than I can spend and I don't need them anymore. Cause I've gotten past those, those upgrades. And now I need, you know, some other thing I haven't Too seen. bad. You can't trade <laughs> with me and give yeah. them to me. <laughs> well, that's the, well, you can, the other place you can get uh, rare, uh, some of those rare components is in uh, the, the museum, that museum place. 
uh, you can trade black, the black box subquest yeah. uh, in for some really rare stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's cheap. It's only one black box per thing, so if you want a really rare I've only rare found stuff, two, so. Oh, I have like six or so. Really? Did you in- intentionally go looking for them? No, they just the next one pops up on the map when you find one. Um, but you just have to like look for it because she's never going to really call it out unless you yeah. walk right by See, it. See, I just, I've just been playing through the campaign and organically finding stuff. Yeah, I've been, I've you won't been... find many black boxes if you just follow the main campaign path. I have, you, there's one right next to the main campaign path at one point. Like you, kinda, that's probably one of the two that I got. <laughs> yeah, but like the, um, you know, I like I may I do like picking them apart and figuring out how to get the things I need from them and stuff. It uh, makes the game different, that's for sure. Yeah, some I mean some of them are like these guys are very annoying, um, until you can ride them. But uh, I also don't like how mounts are handled. I hate that you have to like commandeer every mount. Like it gets annoying, especially after you play something like. And I hate to bring up this comparison, but. Pokemon Legends Arceus, like, that mount system in that is fine. Like, you mm-hmm. just push a button, it morphs, you're on the mount. And this one, you have to take them over every time. And so I, what I found myself mm-hmm. doing is, like, when I ride way off on something or get somewhere on a mount, I'm very careful about where I leave that mount so I can get back to it if I need to come out of the village or whatever. Well, you just whistle for it. Yeah, well, that does, you only have, like, that cost stuff. Like, you don't you have to earn, like, the ability to, you have to earn no. those pickups to whistle no. the mount? No. Oh. It's just an ability down on the bottom. Why does it have a, a count next to it, then? It doesn't. Yeah, when I was looking through the menu, it said Mount Whistle 2. So I've never used it. No, I use it constantly. Really? There's no, there's no limit to that. I don't <laughs> That's know what hilarious. That <laughs> I have not used it at all. So I've been so careful with my mounts. Like, I'll make sure I no, leave yeah, them outside The, the downside somewhere. is you can only have one at a time. So, yeah. like, you know, if, if, you re, if you have a bristle back and you, you know, argue, you know, you override a charger, you're stuck with a charger now. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's it, it, they I had no idea. Yeah. I saw that two next to it, and I'm like, oh, I only have two of them. I need to save that for a rainy day. If they're day. limited, I've, I I don't think I've picked up any more since the beginning. That, that might have been some kind of glitch or something. Could be. Um, so I haven't been using that. That's good to know <laughs> because I've been, like, very careful with my mounts where I leave them and make sure that, like, I can get back to them. Sometimes, though, and I've been playing this whole way. I forgot that this thing's in it. For, this is the demo from before. Yeah. Um, well, that. The, 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 there's there's got to be. Have double. you fought that yet? No, there's got to be double the number of mon- of machines in this game from the first. Oh one. yeah. Like so it's... I fought an elephant already, but it was in a completely different setting, and it was one of the harder parts of the game too. I would add so far, um, it was one of the tougher battles that I've had to fight. The but hardest it wasn't fight on I've... the beach like this. No, the hardest fight I've had is the. Uh, it was the two apex uh, snap maws with the alligators and four rollerbacks no. all, all at once. That'll do it. Um, it's but not I did easy, it. man. I got you get hit a couple times, you die. Yeah, they, they very they, easy to die. Oh yeah, this is a, this is a much more you, you have to plan things a little more in this game than the first one. I mean, there was a point in the first one where you basically were invincible. Yeah, and I certainly have, I had definitely hit that part that point in the first game by the time I'm in where this you are one. now. Yeah, yeah. and I, now, I'm, but I'm st- you know, if you get in the wrong position, like at one point last night, I was like, oh, do the, deal with this thing, go go fight this thing, and I come over the hill and like there's like nine sna- like uh there's like nine scrappers just yeah. like sitting there looking at me i'm like nope turn <laughs> around and fight that like i'm a, i'm a good bit farther than you in the game and it, i still haven't got to the invisibility point not even close i still die in a couple hits no. to a lot of enemies so. well, also i forget like forgot until uh you know starting this game again was like i would gotten really used to the secret armor in the first one mm-hmm. like the the one you can find where you get all, you get all the components and it's, it basically has it basically it's halo armor it's got yeah. a recharging shield yeah. that before your health gets hit you have a recharging shield, and now I'm back down to this. I'm just like, oh, right, this is how the game works. But you can, Slumming like, it. Like, 
two good hits kills her if you if you're yeah. not careful. Yeah, it's still that way, and I'm yeah. that I'm really far into the game, and it's still that way. And a couple, there's I think I have an ability that basically drops the damage uh, if it drops below a certain percentage, and essentially is not doesn't explicitly say it, but basically like it'll stop you at one hit point instead of insta killing you, mm-hmm. and that's happened like a number of times. Yeah, where I got hit by the wrong it's no joke, man. Hit it's, and it's not an like, easy yeah. game. But it's not punishing either. No, like you, you start over like right back. Pretty, I don't mind dying are. in games. The thing I don't like about you Dark lose Souls anything. is right is the punishment that you get for dying in Dark mm. Souls bothers me more than the actual dying. Well, that's the thing about Dark, the Dark Souls punishment is you have to learn that it doesn't matter. Yeah, like you will you you will make those souls back oh. like very quickly. I always feel like I've worked so hard to get them that when I lose them, no. I'm like, oh, that's soul crushing. You'll have them back any minute. It You'll will. have them back real fast. I'm just about and to start also, tangling with Elden Ring here. And it in also the next couple um, days. What also helps that, like, uh, eventually, once you if you level up enough in a Souls game, you'll eventually be like, oh, it would take, like, 5,000 Souls to upgrade, to level up again, and I just lost 1,000? Who cares? Okay. Like, that wasn't enough to oh, matter. That's a, good, that's a good note. You eventually get to, like, if, like, if you're having to throw yourself against a boss over and over again, like, you just have to adopt that strategy. It's like, okay, I'm going to lose whatever Souls I have. I'm going to spend everything I have to level up before I go in there, and I'm going to be okay with the fact that I'm going to lose, like, 700 Souls doing this, which is, like, five enemies. But, Perspective you know, is everything. Yeah. Let's talk about the gameplay briefly. Um, we talked earlier about how every her a lot of her motions are kind of automated. It's like the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time's automatic jumping times like 1,000. Um, she'll scramble up walls pretty much on her own. You just hold the stick in the general direction, and she just kind of finds the handholds and goes up. In a lot of ways, the game plays like Tomb Raider. I felt a lot of Tomb Raider vibes from this, meaning the mm. 2016 reboot and on. Right. I um, never thought about Tomb Raider during this. I did, for I sure. I thought about Horizon. <laughs> like It yeah. just plays like itself to me. Well, this did come after the reboot of Tomb Raider, so yeah. technically Tomb Raider came first. And they do share a lot of the same elements as far as traversal and combat with the bow and very simple melee weapons instead of having these elaborate... Yeah, it's just not... like I, I associate Tomb Raider with a lot more pop and stop cover stuff, and that's yeah. just not in this This game. does not have a cover system at all. No. You can Absolutely. duck. Other, oh yeah, other than red weeds. Right. Yeah, but, there's, uh, but you can't go behind like a waist-high barrier yeah. and like post up. It, do, it doesn't work that way. But I got a lot of Tomb Raider vibes from this game. Um, and I think that is where, for me, most of the gameplay troubles come, is in the automation. The game, I admire the work that went into it. It's a lot of work to, to handle something like that, have someone be able to just, or a character just be able to scramble across complex geometry. Uh, but every once in a while, it just doesn't work quite right, and those are kind of the awkward situations that I've had here or there. Um, but the other complaint I would probably have is that there are so many buttons like some of the like we were talking earlier about how you get like the valor overload or whatever and you have to like hold the L and then tap the R1 there are so many modifier buttons in this game just to um craft arrows on the fly you're holding L1 and then you're tapping the stick in the direction of the ammo you want and then you're holding X like Although uh, you, do, you do not have to hold the stick if you're just crafting for the weapon you have yeah, equipped. Yeah, once you tap it in the direction, it'll stay there. Yeah, um, but that's Which is like, important because if you're trying to do it on the fly, a lot of times you'll accidentally switch weapons to something yes. you don't want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to do that and hold X. There's a lot of stuff like that in this game where you have to hold one button and then tap another yeah. one. Or I mean, you just got you get yeah, used to it after fine. a while. But I wish there was a little more rem- reminders somehow. I don't know how you do it really, but reminders of what each weapon's special abilities that you've unlocked. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah. a lot of those are like, you know, aim and then hit R1 and then do this or whatever. You're like, because yeah, R1 will be the alternate the fire of it, of the yeah. weapon while R2 is just the base fire of the weapon. Yeah. And some of that is like really, you know, like, and those are worth 
learning. Yes. I, I forgot about oh, they, them for a long time. They totally time, turn they, the tide of oh, a battle. Yeah. Like, yeah. my sniper bow does, like, 110 damage normally, or yeah. did at the time. And then if I did, like, the, the, the kneel-down shot, yeah. 550. I know. Like, it was, it was, like, half the life of a pretty big if, thing. And if, here's a pro tip. If you're struggling with a boss fight or a battle, look into that stuff. Yeah, use those Because literally, once you do it the first time, you're like, oh, yeah. shit, okay. Because you're like, oh, how am I supposed to take that, one, that guy out? Because he's, like, surrounded by all these other guys, and I yep. can't do that. It's like, oh, you can just one-shot him in the head yeah. with his one and ability. And clean up the scraps. Yeah. Because oh, he's got a helmet on, so if I hit him, he's going to see where I am. But no, he, yeah. you can just... Like through it. Yep. Like, uh, there's a lot of puzzle platforming. Um, I don't think you you haven't made it there. There's one area that's it's like a flooded facility that you have to swim through, and like. It, I mean, I've done stuff like that. It, it's, it's a there's little, a lot more of it in this game than there yeah. was in the first one, and I do think you know the first game like they had some trouble. I think. Um, sort of identifying what you could climb and what you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so This the, game does that too, though. Yeah, but the way they did it in the first game was there was, like, ropes and yellow-colored things hanging. That was what you could climb. Yeah. And this one, when you do the scan pulse, like, it highlights in yellow, like, handholds on everything. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more stuff you can climb. And ledges will have, like, the, a neon line yeah. across them. The problem I have with it is, like, I mean, that's a fine way to show me what I can climb, what I can't. The problem mm-hmm. I have with it is, like, the difference between what I can climb and what I can't climb seems completely arbitrary. It's a, it's like, it's like, okay, so I can't climb that. Why? Because you don't want me to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this game. Like Um, ledges where you're like, wait, if I could just jump up to this ledge, it's only a foot above her head. I could circumvent yeah. in this whole level. It also has level design. And sometimes you can do that in st- more open world areas, but yeah. like in in story based areas, like they're very careful to invisible wall you. Yep. Um, which I find a little. I don't like cheesy. It it's yeah, cheesy, yeah. and then they, it also does what Breath of the Wild did with Zelda in the level design, where you, they'll show you something on the map, and you venture all the way across the map to get there, and then you realize there's this cliff face mm-hmm. that's blocked. You're ten feet away from where you need to go, yeah. but, but actually a, you got to go four hundred yards that way, and then go, go the around. around. Yeah. It, this game has that stuff too. Although I will say this, Matt, there was two times where the game tried to do that to me, and I still figured a way mm-hmm. to jimmy myself up the wall. Yeah, you can you can figure it out here and there. Well, right? it's glitching basically. Yeah. I'm just hitting well, jump the, the, as the, much as I can. Yeah, I mean, I think that's partly intentional. It just doesn't look very good yeah, maybe. um like you do have the freedom to kind of hop over stuff that are not designated yeah. climbing things but like the the most glitchy gameplay i've had has been with the climbing yeah. like she she freaks out and starts like not grabbing onto the right thing and like kind of glitches mm-hmm. across a cliff or something or like the one thing that but because it is so automated and like you know she's there's an automation to how she grabs the next handhold or what, what yeah. do you have to jump to hit the next and sometimes you're like I know you can reach that next thing. Move. And she just won't move. Or, like, she gets to the top of a thing and she will not pull herself up. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, so so I drop down one, come back up the exact same place I was, and now she does climb up up it. And it's like, I don't know what that's about. I've had those same issues. Um, It's just, yeah, it's it's improved from the first game, but it is not there yet. And I also think we are nitpicking a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Because we're talking about instances where I've played this game for dozens and dozens of hours. And so I don't want to give the impression that the gameplay is not good. Oh, no, no. That's that's happened like maybe 10 times in 35 hours. but, But in a game this good... It stands they out. They stand out. Yeah. Those things stand out, and it's like, and it also feels like a kind of a solved problem in other games because, like, yeah. you know, maybe maybe I would have thought of Tomb Raider more if the if the climbing and traversal worked smoothly. That's a good but point, like, actually. <laughs> but but the fact that it doesn't makes me not think of Tomb Raider because I think Tomb Raider's uh, climbing and traversal is very good. Yep. Uh, let's finish up by talking about the the visuals, the graphics. Just, Just... unbelievable. <laughs> like what the. 
Like, I oh, recognize man. that this is a hybrid game that, they, that runs on PS4, but holy crap, you'd never know. I'm interested to see what it looks like, like on PS4. The Digital Foundry stuff, it looks pretty darn good. I mean, it, it obviously, it doesn't have the bells and whistles, the shadows, the light, you know. But, yeah. but even in performance mode, this thing is gorgeous. Oh, my Just God. gorgeous. And look, regardless of platform... The animation for the machines oh, is yeah. incredible. Like you've got these, it's just every one of these machines has more polygons happening than like every the game ever game released world. for the PS1. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's but they, it's just their like animation. Just sitting there, oh yeah, just sitting there watching a Thunderjaw walk by is just, you know, it was in the first game, but now it's even more like just, yeah. the hoses moving on their own. And like, and just the way like the, yeah. they're, they're sniffing around looking for mm-hmm. you, like the way their curiosity is portrayed in the end. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. The way you can tell, like even similar, like, you know, like Lance horns and uh, was it got Lance horns and like uh, a couple other ones, like, the deer types or the ant, oh yeah, they all. You think they look the same, but you can tell which one it is from oh, yeah. a, from like a, a distance because of how they move, by the, how they what act. Doing. It's, it's it's really man. good. I mean, the animation in general in this game is freaking top notch. Yeah, it, that is the most improved thing it's, from from the first game to this one. I, I mean, think. I can't even tell all you the animations. I mean, the animation for the machines in the first game was not any kind of slouch. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it's it still was, great. Yeah, but this is just all next level. It's next stuff. level. Yeah. Um, I, I do not understand where the. I mean, I guess I do get where the Horizon 1.5 complaints were coming from in the in the reviews because it is just this the first game with enhancements. But like, there is not an element of this game that I can say they just sat back and didn't, and didn't try to improve it in improve. some way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Even if they didn't get there fully and stuff like the climbing, like yeah. they there was not a single element of the game they rested on their laurels. Hey, for. it's way better than Breath of the Wild's climbing, and that didn't seem to bother no, these critics all that no. much, did it? At least when it rains, I can still <laughs> play the fucking game. This game, I can't even tell you how many times my... I mean, I know it's a, a, a cliche, but literally my jaw just dropped. Mm-hmm. You come up over a rise, and you just see this plane with all these gigantic machines just, like, interacting. It's just... It's amazing. I, I can't mm. believe it is a dual game. It's also built for yeah. PS4. The vistas are incredible. You know, and, yeah. and like they are, yeah, the, the other thing that I'm impressed by in that regard is how often I see areas or, or environments where I just think there was nothing like this in the first game. Yep. Like they just couldn't do it then. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It passed my wife test. I've told you guys, <laughs> I'm telling you, I tell you guys all the time, my wife is the best barometer for something that really steps outside the bounds and does something that the average person will notice. She stood in awe at this game looking at it. She mm-hmm. literally just stood and looked at the TV and was like, oh, my God. Like, she says this once every three or four years, like, because she's been with me all this time. And she's seen games change over time. And, like, once every three years, she'll make a statement where, like, okay, I see now why you got a PS5. Or I see now why you got this new TV that's hanging on the wall when I thought the other one was fine. Like, and this game has done that with her. Um, it is it's stunning. It really is stunning. Um, Matt, is this game a killer app? I mean, it would sell me a system if I didn't already have one and I thought I could go find one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, again, the one downside of it is I would say you really should play the first game. Yeah. To understand or, what's happening. Yeah. Even like um, some of the synopsis is like uh, GameSpot did one and IGN did one. They were both pretty good. Yeah. And I there's just, a little one at the beginning of the game. I just feel like it helps a lot to know all these characters yeah you know like, like on a personal level yeah it's so yeah. especially the early parts of the game are so rooted in her reuniting with some of these people and sort of acknowledging that they are friends and that they matter to her that like i think you're losing a lot of character with her if you don't already know who they are mm-hmm. um especially aaron and barl yeah. um and uh i can never remember her name the 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 badass hunter 
girl with a Karja. Oh. You know, she's a side quest in this, but like. Yeah, I don't remember. She, her name she, she was in Frozen Wilds. So like, she was one of my favorite characters in the first game, and I was glad to see her come back. Yeah. Lots um, of characters that will come back for this that survived. Yeah, anyone, the first who, game. anyone who lived through the first game is pretty much in here. <laughs> they will show up um, eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is two thumbs up from both of us, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a no brainer buy if you have a PS5. Like, or if, a there's, PS4. if there's Game of the Year competition left here, and I, I think there probably is. Yes, I think um, there is. Yeah. Like, what a like already you're like what a year like here you're this, seeing the trees by the way the skill trees we were talking about earlier put it this way if this came out last year this is game of the year oh yeah this would have beaten ratchet for me oh easily. yeah like yeah. this is this is better than anything i played because last this year. is i would argue just as pretty as ratchet and it's a lot more meaty mm-hmm. as far as the game and the combat yeah and it's for, it goes on forever it's a it's also gigantic yeah, but which, i don't mind that yeah like, like some it's starting I, to bother me now i talked about it again in good morning gaming this morning that these games like this one isn't like 120 hours or anything like that mm-hmm. it's it more reasonable like 60 or 70 but <laughs> i don't know i'm at 33 and i'm yeah like, i feel like i'm only you know i feel like i've got a ways to go and i'm gonna do all the weird side you do things, have a long so. ways to go for sure um I mean, I've been taking my time to some degree, but like I, the other thing is like I did, I have not been doing my um, you know clear everything out before I move on thing too much with this because so many things are gated by abilities you get through the story that yeah. like very quickly I learned because sometimes I'll do that like okay I play a lot of story stuff I unlocked a new section of the map I'm just gonna run around and do all the question marks yeah but I very quickly and listen to a podcast or something but I very quickly learned that like I'm gonna keep running into things blocked paths like i'm gonna run into like things i can't do anything with mm-hmm. yet so it's better to go i'm like okay so i gotta progress more or less through the main story to like get all the equipment that she needs to unlock everything right. yeah. and then i can go back and do all my open world stuff so i'm actually progressing faster than i normally would because of that yeah um which is good i mean i think it's it's kind of keeping you on task but the side quests are rewarding and interesting enough to keep me interested like give me breaks from the main because the main quest stuff is exten- extensive like like if you if you commit to like one of the big main quests, you're oh. in there for a while. Oh, for a couple hours yeah. at least. Yeah, it's uh, no joke for sure. But the game shows you very early that that's the way it works. Yeah. So, and as you said, there are bite sized chunks where you can just spend ten or fifteen minutes doing something and still make some progress towards mm-hmm. something meaningful. Also, the hunting trials are way better. And like the hunting trials in the first game, which are basically timed hunts, mm-hmm. were the most annoying thing in that whole game to me. Because um, to get the best times, you basically had to memorize the layout of things and know how to. This one, like, there are still it's still timed, but the timers are much more generous, and the objectives vary. Like, you know, somewhere it's like, okay, kill kill this many things before before the timer's out. Cool. Um, but then there was one that was like, there's three treasure chests on the on the field. Go get them without being seen mm-hmm. in this amount Stealth of time. And it's and like stuff. like it's just different objectives make all the difference. Yeah. There. So they've improved that too. How are you feeling about the game's Metacritic? I now? think it's too low. At an eight point nine. I think that's ridiculous. I think it is ridiculous. It's, this thing's in the nineties easily. Yeah. Easily. I I mean I get it. They had bugs, but I don't understand how like some even... bugs, but a lot of the really low scores are wow. bizarre. Like, like the, the, the text are bizarre. Five. Well that was the telegraph. Telegraph was just like off in their own world. Like um but like think you know, like no, like I mean, I guess if you're like so burned out on anything open world, period, like you're just, then you should be reviewing. Then what are you this reviewing this game for? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, it, I don't know. All I can say is go buy it. Um, it is amazing. It's a technical marvel. It has a great story, despite the nitpicking that we do that we did, which we do on this. We try to present mm-hmm. all the issues of a game to you guys, so you can make a decision on your own, an informed decision. Regardless of that, this game is just amazing. 
Um, a lot of times when I play a game and come in here and talk mm -hmm. with you about it and share it with you guys, I usually don't go back and play it again. I will go back and play this one. I will finish this one just like I've gone back and I've kept, and I've kept playing Dying Light 2 after I talked about that on the show. Um, to me, this is a no-brainer buy. Pro tip, by the way, I don't know why anyone with a PlayStation or a PS5 wouldn't have bought it by now, but if you haven't, here's a pro tip. Buy the PS4 version. Do not buy the PS5 version. The PS4 version you can buy for 10 bucks cheaper and you get a free PS5 upgrade. And Sony's trying to bury this like from people's view for whatever reason I want people to know because initially Sony had said no we're not going to offer a free upgrade for Horizon but fans were like oh no 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 you already promised this mm -hmm. and then Sony swept, uh, switched course and now is offering the free upgrade but you'd never know it if you look at marketing and things like that so yeah it was very hard to find that information yep regardless Much like it was very hard to find the information that if you got the deluxe version of Sifu you got to play it three days early right yeah, it's, and it's then it hard. didn't work. A lot of stuff is buried in the yeah, stores. Yeah, they, they've and... been very bad about messaging benefits to the consumer recently, and yep. I, that's not great. Another note: this is the last game, last PS4, PS5 game you're getting a free upgrade for. Yeah, so and that's I'm, only because they said it so early. And that's, they, well, I'm sure they wish they, they mentioned it, and the fans revolted. But like yeah. Gran Turismo Seven, which is coming up here in a few weeks, no free upgrade. You have to pay the seventy bucks for the PS5 version if you want it. Uh, but a pro tip: you should absolutely. Uh, buy the PS4 version of this, regardless of whether you have a PS4 or a PS5. Um, let's go and see if we have any questions about the game. You guys feel free to ask. If you're sitting on the fence on this game, um, and you don't know whether you should buy it or not, and you have a couple questions about it, hit us up, man. We've been playing the living crap out of this game. And as Vincent says, G27, $10 upgrade. Yep. So you have to pay the extra 10 I mean, at this point, PS5. games are PS5 games are 70 bucks. Yeah. Shneeky says it's on the box. Who? When was the last time someone looked at a video game box? I don't. I don't actually have a <laughs> physical copy of this. I yeah. do have a physical copy of it, but I didn't even look at the box, and I have it. So that's not good enough, Shneeky. You should know that. Um, Shneeky says PS4 cover has free PS5 upgrade on it. Yeah. Again, no one sees boxes. Um, Eth Demon, which mode are you playing in performance or quality? I'm playing on quality. I'm in performance. Are you? Yeah. You want the higher frame rates. Yeah, the higher frame rate is better for me, especially in the fights. Um, 30's fine. Like I certainly played the like after, but I played a fair amount of the first game in 60 when they did the upgrade, and like mm -hmm. it's hard to go back. And I think it looks fine without it. You know, this just, game doesn't have like counters in it, so you don't have like mm -hmm. this five frame window where you can like do a parry and then no but i do have a five frame window of uh hitting that target on the, <laughs> on the guys on the on the on the that's tail true. when it's swinging around that's true like, fair enough I like get i you, like if you watch how i play like i'm just like i need to be able to hit something in the in like a three frame window because that's when the tail's over here yeah um and i can like like to to its credit like the the com and like well you see i just hit r3 and mm. slow it down and it's easy I mean, to I do that too anything. but like um depends on the on the machine but like that's the other thing I really like about this. And the first one had this, but this one has it more, is like that feeling of like, okay, I beat this thing. I have a new machine, fight this thing, beat the thing. Don't feel like I really beat it, like, well. You it's know? true. And later on. Because there are you, layers, too. Yeah, you learn how to take it, take them uh -huh. apart. And you're like, oh, okay, so it took me 10 minutes to beat this thing before. It just took me a minute. Because you know now. what parts to Because now you know right what away. to rip off. Yeah. Now I know to take this thing off. And I can pick it up and shoot you right here in the chest with it. And the chest opens up. Now I got a better weak spot to hit. Yep. Um, They're stuff puzzles. Like that. Yeah. The machines are like puzzles. It's when you very. Them. It's very cool. 
And since, well, since I have been playing on quality, I have honestly had no problems at all. Like, I haven't had any issues around, like, the frame yeah. rate. I mean, I had it on quality or... for a while, and I just ended up deciding on performance because I didn't, I didn't miss I the I do that sometimes. Like, once I'm over the awe of the game. Yeah. And there's I'm, a like, little sharpness well. that's missing. Uh, certainly, the there's, um, there's, like, a particle effect over the blight that yeah. is, is a little... Um, that's true. Little, it gets a little dithery. It's a little dithery on the, on yeah. the performance mode. Yeah. Um, so it's better in quality. But, like... Also, like, there's part of me, there's part of, like, this long-range planning version of me that's like, if I play it in performance mode, then there'd be a reason to play it on PC in, like, a year and a half. Because that okay. can do it all full-up 4K and everything right. with, the, with the, all that. I like, get something with ray tracing, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to some more questions. You guys just flooded the chat with them. Because I really am, you know, the possibility of playing this 100-hour game twice is actually right there in my mind. Um, Swanland, how well does it recap the past game? I have a hard time remembering the original with my memory. You're not alone. It's hard yeah. to remember this stuff because I mentioned earlier a lot of the verbiage and the vernacular they use in this is very techy. And if you mm -hmm. even if you played like I played the original game, but that was like five years ago. It's very easy to forget a lot of the stuff in this game. So it does it there's a five minute roughly like cinematic at the beginning mm -hmm. that recaps what happened in the last one. It's very crib notes version though. I would recommend, and we have it curated to Sifted right now, there are two recap videos, one from IGN and one from GameSpot. Just go to um, the Horizon Zero Dawn page, and the recaps are there, and they're like 18 or 20 minutes, and they do a great job of catching you up on really the stuff that matters and very little stuff that doesn't. So that's my recommendation. Um, Kevin Rafa, your favorite new machine. Hmm. Um. All of them. Like... <laughs> They're all great, man. Okay. I don't want to spoil too I much. I really too. like the um, was it is it the the sun, sun soarer, the pterodactyls. The 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 there's there's Oh yeah, those things are hard to fight yeah. too, man. They're those really are my, fast. Those I think those are my favorites. Yeah, they're hard. I mean, I don't want to. I haven't favorite, seen all of them yet. Yeah, my favorite new machine is one that I don't want to spoil. It's a water-based creature, though. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, there are amazing new machines in this game. Um, Cinetike, how long do you think the game is? Do you feel any open world fatigue bloatness, bloatness with this? Um, no. I do not know exactly how long the game is. I've spent, I'm about 44 hours into it. I've been grinding people to get talk about this game. It has taken over my life over the last like six days. Um, and I feel like I've probably got another 10 hours left roughly. I, I would, or I would say for most people, it's probably around a 60 hour game. Mm -hmm. For someone like Matt, who completes a lot of side quests, is more of a completionist, like, I'm guessing you could probably get to, like, 100. This is definitely going to take me 100 hours. Yeah. I, think. If, I, I don't have any doubt if, of that. If game length and the amount of content in a game is your concern, don't worry about it. You're good. Yeah. You, you're going to be you're, fine. You're going to get your money's worth, I promise. Yeah. Um, El Guapo, 3385. I am loving the game so far, but I feel like the inventory management is decent. Too many weapons and valor surges are useless. Um, oh, hmm. actually, here and I, I finally found what I was looking for here. Um, the best uh, Horizon Zero Dawn lore recap uh, that I found is on a YouTube channel called Tiptoe the Tank. Okay, it's a two-parter. It's like an hour, but it is the best breakdown of the story and themes and what the backstory okay. of Horizon is. It's, there you go. It is. It covers everything and catches you all the way up. I watched it before jumping into this because I knew I wasn't gonna have time to replay the first game before this came out. Uh, and it helped a lot. If you have played the first game before, you it will it will jog your memory. 
And I do think that this, the you know, just the game, the new game itself does a pretty good job of reminding you who everybody is. It, and, it hits all the big yeah. points. Yeah. And there's there's some recap stuff. There's a recap at the beginning, and they do go into her her memories and her history at times. And like the new yeah, the character, the game. returning character, kind of like it's like, oh, I haven't seen you since we did we that did blah, thing. Blah, you know, blah, like, blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's they do a pretty good job. They get you there. I think. But yeah, Tiptoe the Tank, I think, has a really good... She also does a um, a full break... I think it's like a four-video breakdown of the entire story of Resident Evil. Oh. From, like, start from to beginning. finish. Oh, jeez. Like, everything. Like, from, like, those early I'm weird games. Like, it. it is... It <laughs> just go, Like, you it. don't get to Resident Evil 4 until, like, halfway through the third video or something. Wow. It's just, it's just okay. everything. And, like... It's weird because, like, it's all nonsense, but you can kind of see how they've stitched things together, even going back to, like, Seven and how Seven ties in with the origins of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's Capcom's doing some work. I, I give them credit there. Do you think they're actually doing the work, or do you think a lot someone of times is. these people fill in the cracks? No, nah, someone <laughs> is, because there's a lot of... It's different weird things that you maybe never even played the one game or whatever, but it's like, uh-huh. oh, this one weird... PS1 game explained why this happened, and so Seven took from whoever did the the stories of the recent Resident Evil stuff has like some kind of show bible that they're running okay. from. Like like they definitely that's better than I thought. They definitely went back and looked through everything <laughs> and said, okay, what can we do with this absolute nonsense to make sense and of try it. to and so sew going it together? Forward, so it can make more sense. Yeah, and they kind of pull it off. Like okay. you know, like maybe you don't notice it when you're playing like a long drawn out game, but when someone just summarizes it in like a video, you're like. Oh yeah, I guess that does kind of flow with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I see why you made that choice. Would okay. be like kind of what I would say. But yeah, tiptoe the tank. There's a lot of good lore video. Okay, so. uh, a couple more questions here. Um, actually, we didn't answer El Guapos. Or oh yeah, you, the hippos are good too. It's the not wide really moths. a question. He has, it's just more of a comment. He says too many weapons and valor surges are useless. Um, I wouldn't say that about the val- all the Valor Surges. Most of them are good. Uh, the weapons, I do understand that there's a glut of weapons in this because, like, the the reason there's so many weapons is... I don't they're... feel like there is a glut, though. Do you mean weapon types or just the number of weapons The number getting? of weapons, because, like, you can get a... Like, it's like, why is this Hunter Bow better than this Hunter Bow or that? The reason a Hunter Bow of any type is better than another one is how you prefer to play. Well, it's mid-ranged. Yeah. But the bows mid- are, like, but I mean, close-range, mid-range, no, or long-range. But I mean, like... That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, individual, why would you prefer one hunter bow over another? Oh. And the reason, because there's a bunch of different hunter bows, more than you would ever need. Yeah. But the reason is, A, uh, they have different limits to, like, their full upgrades because they're different rarities. And, B, um, I have one hunter bow that has uh, normal, like, impact tear ammo and has fire ammo. I have another one that has electric ammo and frost ammo. I it, Like, whatever you prefer to use. And, yeah, like, the so, elemental parts of it. Yeah, so the elemental stuff is the key. And, like, I didn't have a plasma weapon forever. Like, I bought a weapon specifically to have plasma, which didn't shoot. So that is part of, partly a gating method. But, like, eventually I would really like to have just half hunter bows and half sharp shot bows because yeah. I don't use anything else. I Me just either. use bows. That's all I use. Yeah. Um, I use sharp shot bows to pick things off from a distance, and I use hunter bows for literally everything else. Yeah. Except maybe once in a while I use a rope caster to hold a flying enemy down. That's yeah. about it. But I don't have that many bows. Like, you can see in the B-roll, I was showing you, like, my most recent, like, lineup of weapons. I think I have I mean, you, eight. You do if you buy everything you encounter. I don't. But I don't. Yeah. yeah. In the first game, you could, because there was a basically... But a, I mean, his, his comment is basically saying, like, the game just gives you so many bows you, I mean, weapons. you do get a lot of weapons, but I, that I only use maybe five out of, like, the hundred or so. But like, I've only bought two, and I have eight total. I bought a so few. So the game doesn't oh, give have, that many. I have, like, 30. I have tons. Whoa! Um, but partly this might be because of doing all the side quests. It has stuff. to be. Um, but no, I have tons of weapons, wow. and I and I only oh, use I like six like of that. them. Like I, wow. I, I barely. I literally use, them. use like three. And most of them are green, so they're kind of useless <laughs> at this point. I'm waiting yeah. for the blues and the purples right, to show right. up. 
yeah. but no, I have definitely. But if you like prefer, I don't know why you'd prefer like a warrior bow, um, which is more of like a submachine yeah, gun kind of thing. Yeah, it's close range. Like but... I like I used one for a long time because it was the only electric weapon I had for a long time. But as soon as I got electric ammo on another like longer range bow, I swap that out like crazy like yeah. instantly it's really more um, about the elemental powers of each bow yeah, it's elemental powers and bows. what you prefer yeah like if you want to trap things you can do that if you want to just shoot things from a distance which i do that's a you know and i also really appreciate that they kind of simplified or at least made more user friendly the um if you hit a elemental weak spot with the same element it blows up. Oh yeah, and does a lot of da- like that yeah. is a super satisfying way yeah. to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. even if it's not that enemy's weak spot, it'll it still can definitely cause a, cause a problem for them, and then like it'll also spread that to other machines near it. Like that's great too. So that's why you know my main weapon choice is a base damage and b elements. Yep. Like I need each type of element. If I and I spent more money and and used a rare component to buy a, a plasma bolt caster, which I don't even like bolt casters very much. But I had to They're get that. They're effective though, man. But I had to get it because I needed a plasma weapon because yeah. I needed something to overload you found those. One you could buy. those the yeah. other one I found that I loved. I don't know if you've run into this one. It's a, uh, it's a it's a rope caster, I think, but it's a canister rope caster. Mm-mm. It it doesn't. It doesn't hold the 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 enemy to the ground. It attaches a canister of a certain element to them, so and you it can slowly drains. Their... No, then you can shoot it and blow it uh, up. So like basically, if if an enemy no, has I, a, I don't have if that. enemy has a weak it doesn't have a weak spot canister that you have ammo for, you can just shoot it onto him and then blow it up that <laughs> way. Which is like that's great. That's also a technique that you have when you're fighting any enemy. Is mm-hmm. like you can shoot an enemy and this thing will glow on them, and then if you shoot it with an arrow, then it explodes. Mm-hmm. It's um. There's depth to it, believe it or not. Um, let's see if we can maybe one or two more questions. AJ the Legend Watson. So is this more impressive than Ratchet, or has it taken the crown? Hmm. Visually? Hard to say. Like, I mean, it's, it's Ratchet is a smaller Earth game in terms of what it's attempting to do. The level is so much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, the everything's closer to the characters. and you know, yeah. like I mean, Ratchet still does that, like, Pixar movie in a, on yeah. a, in a video game thing in a way that just nothing else does. But, I mean, this game runs right up against this the Uncanny right Valley, too. I mean, yeah. it really, like, some of there's the a couple of uh, There's a couple of scenes in this where I'm just like, God, you'd think that was real. And, and, I mean, people were posting. I saw the one, there was a one tweet that was going around of all pictures of all the black characters and mm-hmm. how good they looked and how diverse they were in, in skin tone and, and, and appearance. And a couple of people are like, I thought those are cosplayers. Yeah. Like, cause they are, they are really good. Like they are. It's, it's everyone, uncanny Valley. Like I said, Aaron, like, it's uncomfortably close. Yeah. To even reality. Aaron, who was even in the first game in this game, Aaron looks like a real, real man. Instead of some like, he looks weird like a real like, person. character. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, he looks like people I know. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It and really so, is. so does Varl to some degree. I think all like, of them do. The, um, the characters look amazing. Yeah. Except for the costuming. I hate the costuming in this series. <coughs> like, I didn't like it in the first game. I don't like it in this one. The outfits that people wear are just insane. And, like, well, I, I mean, get it, all human knowledge was wiped away. Is that where we're going to be? <laughs> people, well, the thing you got to remember, people like color. It's so bizarre. But that's but that's what shit looked like. I like, guess. Like, that, you know, that that is in, in line with what people would kind of invent. You know, you forget that, like, because all of it's garish and weird yeah. and, and, you know, but it's like, yeah, that's what people do. You know, every, you know, war paint and just general face paint and tattoos and decorations. Like, we, people have a, humans have a thirst for that. You People forget, and you, you, we think of antiquity, especially Western civilization, like, oh, Rome with all the marble columns and the, the alabaster statue. No, all Roman and 
Greek statues were painted up like clowns. I know. Like they were People all. People realize that. Yeah, like it's like, all washed away. Oh yeah, it's all. Washed, and now we think of that as like no, they were they were cartoons. In colors, like, yeah. People love color. Any um, unless you're Kim actor. Kardashian, apparently, if you have pictures of that house. I don't need to see that. <laughs> no. Her house is just white. It's like living in a blank sheet of paper. It's, it would drive me crazy. It's like yeah. looking at the back of your retinas. <laughs> um, uh, any comments on the voice acting from Case Money? It's, I think it's amazing. Excellent. Voice acting is great. And there's just hours and hours and hours of it. Yeah. The only, the only uh, voice acting thing I noticed was there's a character in one of the, one of the, um, uh, one of the Tanakh. Uh, uh, it's the guy. I don't know if you've run into him because he might. I think that was a side quest, but like, you have to go out and, and find his friends who are ambushed by they get machine hearts so they can get water. Oh yeah. Um, and like you end up finding a thunderjaw and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his voice lines have a different timber than the other characters in the scene. Like it sounds like hmm. he was recording it in like a badly audio proof closet or something. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like an at home recording, and it just stands out because the rest huh. of it is so good. It's amazing. But it's like, this, yeah. It's like I was saying earlier, like very you talk good. to a character and there's a wheel and there's like five options around the wheel. If you tap on any of those, they're going to talk for like three minutes. And then once you tap that option, sometimes you go to mm-hmm. another menu where there's another full dial of options yeah. and it's all voiced. Not only is it voiced, the facial animations look oh, amazing. Yeah. And like the facial animations and the facial design is so good. Like you remember these because like you can uh-huh. run into these characters later, not as a quest, but like you'll see them with a little thought, like and talk you can bubble pluck them out of like twenty and you, and you see like, Oh, that's that guy that I did the thing <laughs> it's, for. It's like it's, it's amazing. You know, whereas in the first game, like I did yeah. endless side quests for people I would never know again. Yeah. You know, just another guy in a in a in a headdress kind of thing. Yeah. But in this one, I remember everybody because they are such distinct personalities and facial designs. It's it's really, it's it's striking. Like it's yep. It's Actually, a it's a next gen kind of experience I did not expect. It you know? really is totally. It's not nice something tent. that occurred to me that yeah. would be a. I thought a thing. I was going to be like, it's pretty, but you can tell it's also for PS4. No, no, like that's not how this no. game is at all. Uh, okay, the fact that question. they've got it running on the vanilla PS4 is insane. It really is insane. It, it absolutely is. Ashes on the hourglass. Can you shut up, Aloy, or is she still as talkative as before? She does I, talk a lot. If not, I'm not buying this game. She's worse than Navi. No, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> I do wish she would stop talking about how there's no room in her pack. Yeah. When you pick up, so you pick up stuff, and she's like, "Yeah, no room in the pack." Well, there's room in my stash. I'll get it later. And it's like, "Yeah, who are you?" T-? I mean, yeah. look, I know you're out in the wilderness a lot. There's no one else to talk to. You do talk. I talk to myself in my house alone a lot during the lockdown. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here's an unpopular opinion. I'm. I think it will be anyway. I don't like Aloy's voice actor. I think her Ashley Birch. Yeah, is that Ashley Birch? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I don't like her in this game. I, I do. I think she's too hushed and too subdued, and like I feel like I'm struggling a lot of time to hear what she's saying. I think that's. But I don't a, think she talks that too often. Like that doesn't bother me. No, at all. I, I just I think she's weird. She's a weird person. Like I don't think I'd get along with Aloy in person. I had like, no idea that Ashley Birch voiced yeah. her. Wow, oh, I yeah. didn't know that. And that's how you kind of know because she's not doing her normal voice. Like that's a choice. Definitely that. That's no, I get it. I just don't. I just don't like it. I don't. Mind. I think. I think it's odd, but it doesn't. It's not off-putting to me. Like it's, she's it's too a, it's, mellow. Like she's not, not a, mellow. She's not she's, assertive. In she's like, not mellow. She's folded in. She's very. Yeah. She's, she's uh, introspective or something. She's she's an introvert. Yeah. She's an introvert that's forced into like all this weird stuff. And like it does. You know, she she stands up for herself and has you know she has her moments where she's like, I'm done with this shit. Like, yeah. Which just, I enjoy. But I think that the, the her quiet behavior like enhances those scenes because like you can tell she really cares at that point. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I get the people that are that like it's it's a it's a choice. It's it's a, a, a type of behavior that maybe you don't encounter much in real life. But I have known people that are like that, and like 
I think it's an interesting way to portray the hero of something like this. Um, it I is. Would, I just I'm, don't like it. Personally. Yeah, I mean, I certainly understand why someone wouldn't like it, but I like how unique it is. I'd agree um, with that. It is, and unique. I think it's important to note that Ashley Birch sounds nothing like that. I know. Like she's go a watch very, a trailer for Tiny Tina. Well, Tiny Tina, or just play Life is Strange. She, you know, that is not I mean, Chloe. She's good. I've known her for. 15 years oh, yeah. now at this but point. There's like, people she's who, good at what she does. I'm but. just saying that because there are people who accuse her of just being the same character all the time. No. And definitely she simply not is true. Not, it's not true yeah, at all. That's definitely not true. Aloy is not Chloe, is not Tiny Tina. And it's, you know, Aloy, I think, is a very subdued performance and a very chosen performance. And I appreciate that, even if it's not something everybody's going to love. Um, Tosca, do you play guided or explorer mode? I just play the one that gives you the least amount of help. Explorer. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that is. That's one default, was. anyway. Yeah. So I just went with that. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, here's one more. Cinetai Cyberpunk 2077 versus Horizon <laughs> versus Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, uh, Horizon by a thousand miles, like not even close. I mean, I assume you're talking about game overall. Yeah. Yeah, Horizon is a much better game than Cyberpunk. Hmm. Although I did play some of Cyberpunk. Uh, We're going to talk with about the next, the next gen patch, version here at but, the end of the show. Um, yeah, we'll get into it. But put it this way, I have not gone back to it. Like permanently, you mean? I mean, I'm, I've still installed. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm, but like, par, I mean, part of the problem is I don't remember what I'm doing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's all your questions. Big game, definitely a game of the year contender, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with games like this, we tend to talk about them a long time. But I think you're going to walk away from this from this discussion knowing exactly whether the game is for you and whether you should buy it or not. And that is why we are here. That is our mission at Game Face. So hope you enjoyed the discussion. It's time to move on. To another PlayStation topic. This morning, we finally got the first look at the new PlayStation VR 2 hardware. We had known this. You skipped something. What'd you say? You skipped something. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. And I'm not very. Maybe maybe this was subconscious, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's not. This is going to be. Because I'm not very excited to talk about it, but I have to. And that is Street Fighter VI was debuted over the weekend. One of the most disappointing debuts I maybe have ever seen for video games. <laughs> like, I mean, this is this is just. A, I mean, it's not as disappointing as just Metroid Prime Four having a logo. Yeah. Um. I mean, they've done this before. Like, this is how Capcom has always sort of teased their new. Street Metroid Fighter. Prime Four didn't have a countdown clock that ran for a week leading up to mm-hmm. its first well, be, teaser. Well, luckily there will be more information in the summer. Yeah. So so we more have to information's wait five coming years. on Street Fighter Six in the summer. What did you make of this? What did you make of Luke being featured in this trailer? Um, I had honestly forgotten who he was. Right. Um, like, why all of a sudden is he? In the- I was more impressed by how much wider Ryu is. Yeah. Uh, Ryu is a big dad now. Also, one I I don't remember who I think it was one of my friends maybe on Facebook where somebody said um, the Street Fighter Six logo looks like the logo someone would design for a line of esports clothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like that is a terrible, well, terrible logo. That's kind of in line with what it's in line probably- with maybe what they're trying to do, but that is an awful logo. Why is Luke in this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. And now he's all scarred up and well, that's like some kind of like muscle that's some kind of power. Yeah, thing. those are it's, like his veins popping out there. No, that's like his, his arms coming apart. It's like is that some what kind it of is? psycho power thing. I think. Really? Yeah, I think it's like I thought it was like his veins. Bulging. No, I th- there are no veins that go horizontal. I think he's. I think it's like key. I think it's like he's powering up. Huh. The twitch of the toes, <laughs> the flex of the biceps. It's bizarre. I'm just saying that, like, the life you leads, he would not be able to ha- take enough protein to look like that. 
There like, it is. it's like some kind of, like... I thought it looked like a vein. I mean, I think they are, but they're, it's, that's not natural. That's, like, some kind of, like... Yeah, some power Psycho power, like, some kind yeah. of key thing. Like, that's that's him showing off. Like, that's about to glow red or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's and bizarre. then it, like, kind of smokes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he shakes it off or whatever. Um... So we don't have any information on Street Fighter Six at all. No. Is there any? Do you have a wish list of anything that you're kind of hoping for, Matt? No, I don't. I'm, eh, I'm so out of that scene that like, what am I gonna do? You know, it's not like you know the in-person events are still not really fully back. Like maybe by the time this comes out, but like, like I don't know who I'd play it with. You know what I mean? Me, I'll play with you. Yeah, but you'll you're not, crush you're, me. You're not gonna enjoy that after about five matches. <laughs> you actually won't enjoy it after five minutes because you'll be whooping my ass. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna learn anything new. <laughs> That's but. true. Well, if you're playing new characters, you might. Um, That's not how you progress in a fighting game, though. You pick I one know. character and, and focus. Keep, yeah, I know. But which is one reason why I've never been great at fighting games because I've never wanted to do that. I've always had at least a handful of characters that I want to play as, and never just stuck with one long enough to have a main, really, which is dumb but that's just the way it's been for me um you don't have a wish list of anything do you how much do you want them to change the game for six because a lot of esports participants don't want them to change at all and i understand that perspective it's like if you look at other sports they don't really change the rules of football very often or Mm -hmm. basketball they make slight tweaks here and there but they won't change the fundamentals and i feel like a lot of esports athletes i use that term loosely um don't want the games to change that much how do you feel about it I mean, I don't know what you do to change Street Fighter, really. I mean, I think just stick more or less with what you've got. Uh, you know, because five, you know, be, five eventually got to a good place. Um, you know, I, I, the roster, I guess, is the. You know, I'm sure they'll have some new, you know, gimmick ability. You know, like focus in four and uh, the various counter stuff and other bars. You know, everything's got four bars and stuff now. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm sure they'll come up with something. I just don't I don't know what to think about this game because all the people that made uh, 4 and 5, what they are, are gone. Yeah, I know. So, like, I just don't know. I, this is a total X factor to me. I'm very nervous about like, this game. I have game. no idea. Honestly, I'm more excited about that collection they announced. No, oh, yeah. Uh, with all the Because that, that has a couple games that have never come to the West. Like, Cyberbots and Red Earth have never come to the West before. And Red Earth has never been released on a console before. A couple Darkstalkers re- releases the on there. Yeah. Five of them. But like, some that, of them have, I was saying that haven't come west right or did all dark stalkers make it west uh, more or less well, see, the thing is remember. that the dark stalkers on that collection they have dark stalkers night warriors and then they have uh vampire hunter which is the second one and then vampire hunter 2 which is a slight update of that and then there's vampire savior which is the third game and then there's vampire savior 2 which is another slight update of that one so like it's basically like hyper fighting versions and i don't think the i don't think individual versions of each of those have been released because the difference between the two hunters and the two saviors is so minor that normally you just do one or the other or, okay. or combine them um so they're kind of they're kind of padding the roster by having half of the 10 be vampire savior stuff or, or uh nightwear dark dark soccer stuff but the other stuff is very exciting the fact that they've got both the gem fighter and puzzle fighter 2 and they've got uh red earth which is a very very weird game if you ever played capcom fighting evolution and you wonder where that t-rex came from he's from red earth okay um it's a, it's kind of a fighting rpg and has a weird first single player version of, of mode which is like like a story mode boss rush, but like mm. you have to like 
you level a character up as you fight, but then it's, it's very weird. I don't fully understand how it works. I'm so you're telling me you're more too. excited about that collection than Street Fighter that 6? That is more stuff that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. A, Street Fighter 6 is way further out and then the collection's on like June 24th, uh, which is probably about when we'll find out more about Street Fighter 6. Yes, that's um, what I Right to. now, it's, you know, it's just that. I don't know. Like, I hope Guile's in it, I guess, because he's my main character. Um... I don't know. What am I supposed to be excited about the story? I don't even know if there's gonna be a story <laughs> mode. The Street Fighter Five didn't get a story mode for like a year. I like mean, a, have you have you just kind of uncovered the problem with Street Fighter at this point? Is it it's hard to get excited for new ones anymore? Because yeah. Well, I mean, even if you're excited about that, you know, the scene is so out of my range right now. It's like a very different thing. I don't really, you know, the the, the tournament scene sort of fell off in the lockdown because nobody could get together. Although it's fun to watch online stuff, I guess. But mm-hmm. like. You know, it just changed a lot, and I'm not part of it anymore. And you know, and then meanwhile, you've got the the pros who're sort of like, oh, like yeah, I guess I got to learn a whole new game again. You know, not the Street Fighter the Six probably gonna be a whole you know reeducation campaign, but like you got to learn all the nuances and ins and outs and split second stuff. And it's just like, do you yeah. think it's a mistake to cater the game too much towards esports players, though? I don't think so because who else is playing it? Like is that street, where we're at with fighting games? Though I mean, I don't. I think, think it's where you're at with Street Fighter. Yeah. I don't think it's where you're at with like something like Mortal Kombat or Injustice because those things sell 10 million copies. Right. But so, like, what does Street Fighter have to do to do that? I don't think it can. Really, you don't think it's possible? No. Because people care a lot about the characters in Street Fighter. They care about I the do. characters as as sort of avatars of you know fighting game. Nobody cares about the narrative of Street Fighter. Like, and, and even Capcom does. And Cap, Cap, there's a lot less effort put into making Street Fighter's narrative make sense than Resident Evil's. <laughs> and that's saying something. I'll say this, though. I didn't think I cared about the narrative behind Mortal Kombat's characters until they did it. But that's basically the same narrative that's always been there. It's just told better. Yeah. Because the narrative of Mortal Kombat is Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Like, the narrative of Mortal Kombat is just every stupid kung fu movie we grew up watching yeah. with, you know, combined with ninjas and fantasy stuff. and da, da, da. Like, it's a, it's a good idea. Street Fighter is like a bunch of people fight in the street. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like, what, like, in what the do you, street. And there's no way to, like, you know, like, why can Dalsim do that? Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Like, it doesn't, because it's, because it's fun, because it's cool. It's just, you know, yeah. you don't need to think about it. And, like. Well, as soon as they started tra- in the you know in the '90s when this thing, when Street Fighter blew up, like they started like trying to figure out how to fit all these weird things together and why Blanca was a thing and stuff, and it just it's just stupid. Like it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you can't develop all these characters in a you know it's like that's the the thing is like you know like like the the '90s Street Fighter anime. Like, E. Honda's just in it as, like, a random fighter in a pit fight at one yeah. point. I have it and actually like, on UMD for my PSP. Yeah. And, like, that's <laughs> cool and all, but it's, like, it doesn't hold the same weight as, like, in, in like, Mortal Kombat where, like, you see, you know, like, Reptile or Scorpion and, like, it's a ninja. Like, you get it. Like, he's a ninja and he's a demon. He's a ninja and he's a lizard. He's a ninja and he has frost power. Like, yeah. that's all you need for those characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, like, this is, like, okay, he's a sumo. So what? Like, yeah. sumos are real. Like, you don't... Like, there's nothing interesting about that. It's just a sumo guy, you know? Whereas, like, Mortal Kombat's like, oh, that guy looks cool and he's going to be different. Whereas, like, you, you make a Street Fighter character look too cool and they don't look like themselves anymore. Yeah, and people complain. Or they look like <laughs> hot, hot daddy Ryu and that becomes his standard outfit from now How on. How do you apparently. like that art style in Street Fighter Six? It's very realistic. Like, I don't sort like of, it. But, sort of, but then when they go in for the fight it kind of gets all watercolory like four and five have been so i don't know really a little bit yeah yeah i guess you're right there's some graphical flourishes yeah they get they, they do like kind of the but the, usually the what they show in these is what the game looks like because i remember people were like oh there's no way that the real game is going to have the ink thing in it and then it did um yeah and these look way more realistic to me 
That does, but then like when they go into this, like it gets that kind of like you know, the, I mean, Ryu's thing there is like straight out of that Street Fighter Four Sumi when he does the the move and that goes like black and white ink, like yeah. that looks like the Sumi E look from from Four to me. Who knows? Like they this probably are like we probably are looking at the the character models here. Like this is being made in the Resident Evil engine, and that does look like I mean, he looks like Chris Redfield. It, you're right. It also has the weird kind of texturing. Yeah, it has that kind of plasticky. Look. Yeah, when they showed the feet, especially, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I like don't it know looked about like, just that. like the Resident Evil. So it looks good, but you're also sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something in the Resident Evil too. Also, right there is feet, feet with a rope moving independently of on the. I mean, that's that's good, but like, yeah, he's very shiny. Um, and also the close-up ma- looks very different. Like um, I don't know, his feet look like they're made of plastic. Yeah, but like that's that's what that engine makes people look it like. It does. It does. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty nervous about this, to be honest. I, I don't know. It, can't, it probably can't be worse than Five's launch. No, it was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's my question: is Is it going to be like like a service thing again? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the? F- I think someone in the chat like their number one thing they wanted for this was like good net code. Yeah, I totally understand like that. Like actual rollback. And <laughs> totally that's the thing. That. Uh, you know, that's the other thing I'm interested in that collection because the collection's doing rollback net code. Like, yeah. They're doing it right. In that collection, will they do it right in Street Fighter Six? Who, who fucking knows? Because well, we don't know who's making it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, we know a couple people in there, but they're not, you know, Ono's gone. Yeah. Seth Killian's been gone forever. Yeah. Um, I think I think Combo Fiend's still in there, but who knows? Like, I don't know. Nothing about that teaser trailer excited me. I gotta no. put it that way. No. If the objective of a trailer, you want is- me to be excited, you're gonna have to show me something more than Ryu and Luke. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Someone I saw in chat said that Capcom had announced some time ago that Luke was supposed to be the whole focus of Street Fighter Six. Um, I mean, it I had not read that. Apparently, every third game they make a horrible mistake and try to refocus <laughs> on a character nobody cares about. I guess because that happened in three too. It did. So. That's true. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's Street Fighter Six. That's all we have right now. We're supposed to get more information in the summertime. I think you're probably right, Matt, around the time they release the collection. Yeah. I mean, whatever whatever Evo becomes, I think, is yeah. when you're going to find that out. PlayStation Fighting Tournament is yeah. what it's going to become. And then, PlayStation uh, owns it. And then uh, I imagine Street Fighter Six will have some kind of PlayStation exclusivity, exclusivity of, of some kind. kind. Yeah, timed or, or yeah, otherwise. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it PS4 and PC when it first launched? Yeah, I think so. The last one? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, it's time to talk about PlayStation VR 2. Sony finally revealed the first photographs of the new console. This more, or the, I guess it's kind of a console, although it's not, which is really important, actually. No, it's a peripheral. <laughs> it's, it's a peripheral, and it really is this time. There's no piece of hardware that comes with it, according to PlayStation. It said that it is a single cord connection. Yeah. To your PlayStation Well, 5. now that they were, they knew they were doing that when they built the PS5, they could yeah. plan for that. So, um, And it looks remarkably similar to PlayStation VR 1. It just does. It Obviously, the controllers, the first one didn't even have its own controllers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a big deal. And it sounds like the controllers themselves are going to be pretty freaking awesome. But the headset itself looks a lot like PlayStation VR 1. Is that a good idea or a bad idea, Matt? I don't know. It looks pretty different to me. It doesn't have the blue on it. Yeah. Well, it's not. Well, maybe. We don't. We haven't seen it, looks, it lit up it yet. It looks like. Uh, looks like that. The the face mask of the that lawyer in Phoenix Wright. It looks like a <laughs> skateboard knee pad. Is what it looks like. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, for a very large knee. Yeah. But, but I mean, it has those same yeah. kind of bolts in it, and it's shaped like an arched the same way. But it has that white band at the top, like PlayStation VR One mm-hmm. did. Um, it looks very, very similar to the first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, the design of that was pretty darn good. 
It was, it definitely, was. It definitely the most comfortable of the headsets. Yeah, it I felt used, so. that. And so I'll actually go through all the that stuff headband that works today. Yeah. Um, I'll just go through the stuff that PlayStation announced today. You'll notice that the PSVR 2 headset is a similar shape to the first PlayStation VR. It also has a similar shape to PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller, taking on the matching orb, they call it the orb look. The circular Mm -hmm. orb shape represents the 360-degree view the players feel when they enter the virtual reality world, so this shape captures it nicely. The PS5 console has flat edges, as it is meant to be displayed on a flat surface. I did not know that. While there was more emphasis on adding roundness to the design of PlayStation VR 2 headset... Since it is meant to have constant human contact, similar to the rounded edges of the DualSense controller and Pulse 3D headset. So all this stuff is... Oh, shut I up. know. Well, I mean, I think they did actually do this, Matt. Like, I They think did it, but it's just so pretentious. It and it's just like, is. you know what would be better? Games. Yeah, it, it gets better, actually. Um, we paid very close attention to the ergonomics of the headset, and this is what you're talking about, and conducted extensive testing to ensure a comfortable feel for a variety of head sizes. And I agree with you. PlayStation VR... Very comfortable to have on your head. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, We already had a lot of positive feedback on the ergonomics of the first PSVR headset by carefully balancing the headset weight and having a simple headband that can be adjustable, so we kept the same concept for PSVR 2. Other features such as a headset's adjustable scope that places the scope area closer or further away from the face. That's pretty important. Yeah. I mean, the first one one was the only headset I could fit my glasses into. Yep. Which was nice. And right here it says it. That places the scope area closer or further away from the face and placement of the stereophone head jack also remain the same so players will be familiar with it. Um, here are the new features that they announced today. New features such as a lens adjustment dial. So users have an additional option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view. That's good. Um, we also, didn't they, have that? they didn't have that in the first no, one. No, they didn't. It's something the Oculus, The Oculus and the Vive have had that forever. Yep. Vive had a really good one for yep. that. We also created a slimmer design with a slight weight reduction, which is interesting, even with That's the good. new added features, such as the new built-in motor for headset feedback. Don't forget. Oh, I'm turning this, that shit This off. HMD rattles. It has rumble. No, not not mine. I'm turning <laughs> that off as soon as I I don't need that. It's going to cause a sinus headache in five seconds. Here's what's most important to me. Also has a new vent design. Because, man, when I wore PlayStation VR 1, I got hot and sweaty mm-hmm. all the time so it's good to hear that they've they've really focused on that to make it better yep. to get more air going through the helmet that is definitely a real problem yep and then as i mentioned especially sing- when you pad it as much as the because it was comfortable because it was padded and but also that made it hotter right everything was padded yep it did um oh it also has the tiny playstation symbols that the playstation 5 has where if you look really closely at it they're like just the texture of it is actually like X's and triangles and circles. Oh, good. That's, the, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm paying extra for that. That matches that stuff. Um, and just so you, just to bring you up to speed with it this won't stuff. won't match yours because yours black now. That's true, actually. Yeah. Actually, you're right. It won't match mine. Funny. Um, and just to get you guys up to speed on the stuff that was announced before today, it is 4K HDR, um, enhanced tracking as inside-out camera tracking, it has new PlayStation VR 2 Sense technology features such as headset feedback and the new intuitive PSVR 2 Sense controller that creates an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. So that's the whole rundown on PlayStation VR 2 that we have right now. Is this going to sell, Matt? No. I don't think it will either. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like 600 bucks. I mean, it's probably going to sell about as well as the last yeah, one I did. Yeah, I think as long as their expectations are just this same, you know, the first one again, it would probably be fine. But it seems like a lot of effort for that. It does. Do you think that there's a chance that there's more and better software this time? Mm, I think I 4K so. HDR doesn't hurt. 
No, but who's going to make that? Like, that's my, my problem with it is like, who's going to put the money and effort into making that when you know that the sales ceiling is so low? Right. Like, Sony would have to fund it themselves. And, you know, we know how Sony rolls with that. They're going to make a first wave and like a second wave. And then it's going to slowly, they're just not going to talk about it again. I mean, my kind of hope is that we get a Half-Life Alex port. Um, if I were Sony, I would definitely be approaching Valve for that if Valve was open to that at all. Um, Swanland makes a good point. Another way to make it valuable would be to make it compatible with PC, but they're not going to do that. I had mentioned that a long time ago, but yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen. Maybe actually not never. Maybe in six years, yeah. whenever some of these games are yeah, coming maybe, out for PC. Like, maybe you, they might sell a separate box for that. That's true. Or it could plug it in through. I mean, it's USB, right? You yeah. probably just do it that way. I don't know. Um, I mean, that would help if I could use it back and forth. I would. I would that, would that would be a bonus to me because yeah. that way I wouldn't have to pull the Vive. God, that Vive has been in storage for almost five years now. <laughs> I, I never. I never opened it again after I moved. It would be interesting to see what the reactions are of the people who bought the first PlayStation VR because mine is extremely negative. It made me ill. Mm-hmm. and I could hardly use it. I think if I added up all the hours I use my PlayStation VR, it's probably less than 20. And I spent yeah, I like five or $600 uh, for it. I think I probably play closer to 50 because I played Robinson, The Journey, and Farpoint a fair amount. For um, me, it was always play it until I get sick and then take it off and then lay on the couch feeling like I'm going to die for the next 45 yeah, see, minutes. I, so I don't get – because I don't get uh, nauseous yeah. from it. Like I play until I get bored yeah. or get too hot. Right. And usually hot was sooner than bored, um, but not always. Because uh, also the other thing um, that w- would theoretically not be an issue on this is the load time on PlayStation VR. Ju- especially like stuff like Iron Man. Like the last thing I played on, I think it was Iron Man. And there were times I just took it off and went to do something else until it loaded in. And then like I'd see on the, my ma- my TV right. screen as yeah. long as I put it back. And it's like, where, put your headset back on. I'm like, are you, did you stop loading while I took my headset off? Cause I got other things to do. Um, but like that, you know, so it's presumably that will not be an issue on PS5 because the load times, the load times on horizon were so fast. They had to slow it down. So you could read the tool yeah. tips. <laughs> yeah. It's really fast. And I was kind of like, you know what guys, I don't really need the tool tips. You could just make it load instantly. I'm just saying. <laughs> you should be able to yeah. turn it off at the very least. Yeah. I definitely agree with you that. You can't. I think there is a, a, an option to turn that off, actually. I saw that in the options, like a tool tip delay thing. I mean, really the biggest difference between PlayStation VR 1 and 2 is that on 1, the front face plate is mostly black. Mm-hmm. You can see it there. And then if I show you this one, you can see yeah. the difference. And I assume there'll be some kind of glowing thing on it when it's on. Yeah. Um, I'm not excited for it at all. I feel no. like the ship has kind of sailed on VR. I mean, you'd have to show me a game that I just can't live without. It's to be a killer app. And I don't know yeah. what that would be at this point. I mean, look, Half-Life Alex didn't convince me to buy a $600 PC VR no. headset. Like, if you put a port of, P- of Alex on there. If that didn't do it. <laughs> like, if you put a port of Alex on there and, I mean, I guess the Horizon VR thing mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Yep. Like, that could, that could draw me in. And then give me a third thing. Give me a... Give me a third thing. I don't know what that would be. Um, <laughs> Just something. Actually, you know, you know what my favorite thing on PSVR ended up being is um, that stupid until dawn like unshoot. The carnival ride. The carnival ride. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, it also made me sick though. Yeah, I can imagine. I that. did suffer through that one for a while though because it was pretty fun. I enjoyed playing yeah. it. 
Uh, what do you guys think? Are any of you, now that we know pretty much everything about PlayStation Did they say a VR, price? Did they say, like... Nope. That's same. the only thing left. It has price, to be 500 Price and release date is all that's left. I'm saying 500 It's got to be... It's, okay. I, think, I think you're doubling the cost of the console. So let's assume it. it's 500 bucks. Anyone in chat interested in picking it up? And if you are or are not, and you co- you comment, let us know if you bought the first one or if you've ever owned VR before. Because um, I think that's a kind of a line that we would draw in the sand. Now, Vincent says, you can't say the ship is veiled on VR overall, not with how well Quest 2 is doing. No, let's just talk about for me. Like, I, it sailed for me. Um, I didn't say for everybody else. I have tons of friends who have Quest 2. Yeah, but also, like over the, also the metaverse stuff is a red herring. Like yeah. The, yeah, the, the metaverse in like two months has gotten the same number of users that Second Life gets in one month. If the metaverse happens... Second Life is a 20-year-old thing. No, no, no. Uh, the thing with the metaverse is the metaverse is only going to work if there's one. Yeah. If Sony has its own metaverse and Nintendo has its own metaverse and Microsoft has its own and Epic has its own... Well, and also when you, say, its own, when you say metaverse, you're talking about Facebook. Meta. Well, that's, that's literally... When but they want you to think that that's I the universal that. thing, then like yeah. the, if you're talking about Sony would plug into that somehow, I guess. But like that's never going to happen. I mean, none of these companies are going to play into Facebook. No one's going to no. just give Facebook well, the and metaverse. Also, Facebook. One of the reasons. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why Facebook's value is dropping like a rock right now. But one of it is because like there's you know, internally they're slowly realizing that this metaverse concept that Zuckerberg and his people sold them on is ten years out. Yeah. Like there's no there's no revenue stream there. I mean, for they only a changed the name of Facebook because it, they had gotten into hot water and they wanted to rebrand. There's that, but also they want metaverse to be the you know when they want meta to be. Yeah. reference to that brand you want to be able to control that word they want to own um, the metaverse right and that's never going to happen no it's not no nope well also like even the metaverse that they that exists right now in terms of whatever form they have for the oculus uh which is i think called it something different now um but uh it still doesn't have enough the same amount of content on it that like playstation home did yeah and playstation home really was the same idea it was when you think about yeah. it yeah second um, life i mean there's been metaverses yeah. already I think bringing back a like a PlayStation VR version of PlayStation Home would not be a terrible idea. It wouldn't be just a social space where you can hang yeah. out, watch movies, watch movies, see like weird exhibits and stuff. You know, like this. watch E3. Yeah, stuff there's, like something, that. there's something there. Yeah, there's something. I there. agree, um, but I don't think it's going to be controlled by one company. It's, no, it's, never. It's definitely not going to be no. controlled by Facebook. Like the, the the Ready Player One nonsense and the like the snow crash thing is just not in the cards. It's too fractured. Um, Godzilla says no one didn't buy the first for $500. Better have some good games. Agreed. Mm-hmm. The last one really did not. Sneaky says not a feckin' hope. VR1 was a waste of money. I agree. I feel like I wasted my money and I regret recommending it to people. I've said that a yep. million times on Game Face that I, it's one of my biggest regrets of the last five years. Um, Regal Vamp, it will fail to get mainstream appeal at 500 bucks. I mean, that's what it's going to cost. And I, I agree with you, but. Um, Erebus says, show me the games or GTFO. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Rafa, I bought the first one, and some of the games make me sick. Right, same here. And I like to go on the internet while playing, which is hard with VR. True. Johnny Hurricane says, I'll stick to Quest. AJ the Legend Watson, I'm a sucker, so I plan on picking this up. I still have hope for amazing VR experiences. All right. I, I appreciate your, <laughs> yeah. your attempt at staying positive. Um, I, 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 I recognize the dedication. Yep. Uh, the Big Smoke 82, my PlayStation VR made me sick just like you. I sold it, but it was fantastic. RE7 was terrifying. I will say this, like the moments that I managed to use it before I got violently sick, 
I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like I've shown that Resident Evil demo where you're sitting in the chair, kitchen, yeah, yeah, to everyone who comes over, and they they're terrified, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I didn't realize VR was like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like when they leave, they'll be like, "What's like the best VR?" And I never hear from them again. Yeah, here, so here's the comparison because I, I when I played that because I did play that on um, I think PSVR the first time, and when the when the just the scare part happened, I laughed. And uh, I think my girlfriend was like, was like, was like, oh, what was, uh, what was funny? What were you playing? <laughs> like Resident Evil, <laughs> like, <laughs> like horror does not does not work. That was like, but I liked, um, you know, why I liked uh, Russia Blood, the, the Until Dawn game, was because it uh, gave me vertigo. Oh, and that didn't make me sick, but like, I, I have like a height thing, and like yeah. it made me feel like I was up on this rickety roller coaster, like looking down. On wow, it, and it was effective. I've had so, moments like that. Horror stuff where doesn't I can scare see me. The power it's like that of VR. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was, I actually thought of that when I played Iron Man. I'm like, oh, is, is Iron Man gonna give give me like vertigo because like, you're flying all the time? Like, yeah. No, it's not. It didn't. It's not convincing enough huh. for any of that. Okay, uh, but my guess is at least 500 bucks. And I hear you. That does make it very difficult because it's compet- Everyone's gonna compare it to Oculus Quest 2 or now Meta Quest 2 is they're trying to rebrand yeah, Meta everything. Quest. <laughs> um, and everyone's gonna compare it to that. And for 300 bucks and it's wireless. And I get it. The graphics are a lot more simple on Oculus Quest 2. Um, but you Sony, also, Sony wants it plugged to the But PS5. it's not just about the 500 bucks. It's about owning the PlayStation 5 that's 500 right. bucks, And then having right. to you're, spend... You're really talking about a $1,000 VR system. Yeah. It's, and then finding the PS5? Like, yeah. if we can't find a PS5, I, my guess is this is not going to come out until they can manufacture enough of them. Yeah, or you're going to get, like, imagine a $1,000 PS5 VR bundle. And that's the only way you can get a PS5? Yeah. It might happen. It might get dirty like that. But anyway, it looks like most people. And then $70 VR games? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That's rough. <laughs> but it looks like most people agree with us. Like, they're not that excited for it. Sony has a lot of selling to do. Yeah, I don't To get I people don't, on board with this thing. I mean, I recognize that there's there's basically inertia here. Like, they have to follow up on their their first, you know, they put too much R&D into it. They put too much money. There's a sunk cost element here. Yeah. Um, and they have to adhere to the brand. They can't do a standalone thing. That's a separate pillar, and they've learned that separate pillars are bad ideas, Vita. But like, yeah, this feels doomed. It does. I know. I feel that way already. I mean, it's like, would you buy a, a Oculus Quest Two or this? I mean, if I had to buy one, I'd buy an Oculus Quest Two I because would too. it's wireless. Me too. Yeah. Because it's easier. That's what I, I feel said like all I'll, along about this. I feel like they I'll need pick, to make it wireless. You need to make it easy. You need to make because wanting to play VR, at least for me, wanting to play VR stuff tends to be an impulse. Yeah. And if if it takes too long to set up that I no longer have that impulse, I'm not going to do it. If I think about um, there's there's a there's a there's a, a concept in board gaming called uh, uh, like certain games are hard to get to the table. Because they're so long to set up, there's so much stuff in them, and you have to open everything and say everything's yeah. up. And by the time you've done that, like 40 minutes have passed, and nobody wants to play anymore. Everyone loses their motivation yeah. to play. Like yeah. VR, I think VR has that problem too. Oh, I agree. Yeah, people, you show it to them, and they're like, "Oh, that's yeah. exciting." And then you, you spend the next in, like 20 minutes like milling around, yeah. and you're like tightening the helm, and they yeah. lose interest right. in it. And then the and then the uh, but like the quest goes a decent distance towards solving that. Here's another thing for me. As someone right now, I just had knee surgery. I'm trying to find things that I can do to get into shape. I got a bike. That's great. But I need to do more. I look at VR as a workout tool. Yeah. Like big time. It could be. For like sure. I, when my big goal for this holiday season when I asked for gifts was like, I want to ask for stuff that I can use to get into shape. 
So I asked for a bike and like a helmet and all the stuff that comes with that. And I asked for an Oculus Quest 2, which I didn't get. But <laughs> the reason I asked for it was because I wanted to use it for fitness. Yeah. I just want Beat to... Saber is a legit workout. A lot of games are. And when it's wired, that takes away from that. You don't have the free form to exercise like you would with the Quest 2. So there's all these different angles that I think people are shopping VR for. And I don't know that PlayStation VR 2 checks a lot of the boxes that people have on their cards. I just don't think it does. So. Like, we'll see how freeform the 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 um, cable is. Yeah. You know? I mean, certainly the it sounds like it's going to be easier to deal with than the cable on the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still dealing with sort of... Well, you, you can know, see here, it's... It's just a little USB cable, thin. more or less. Yeah. That's fine. But, like, the other problem is, like, um, I wonder what it's going to use. Is it still going to use the PS the PlayStation camera or is it going to no, be self-contained? I don't, th- I don't think it, I think it doesn't need a camera. I hope because I'll tell you what actually solved the problem with the Vive um, is the fact that because it had sensors in the ceiling yeah. that I had to drill holes in the wall for <laughs> and it. installed. Um, <laughs> but you could play it with your back to the PC. Yeah. That was the trick. That was the key. It was like, with this one, because the, the yeah. cables just go straight to the machine behind you and you never have to really worry about them. Whereas with PlayStation VR, the cable goes to the system and it has to curl around behind you and into the back of your head. Well, the and that was always awkward. the camera also has to see the front with right. the blue lights to track right. your head direction. So... The so technology is going to be way you better. You let me face away from the TV wearing this thing, so like the the cable just like goes back behind me into the. You should be able to, and I think that's that's good. That's fine. That doesn't mean I got to move my couch. I would pre- still prefer to have. Still, that would be unwired. Better. Yeah, but like because you also got to realize you were never getting that from Sony. So. You, it lets you play it wherever you want. Right, like but, that's, but Sony doesn't you don't have want to be you, anywhere near the Sony TV. doesn't want you to play it wherever you want. Right. They want you to play it with your PlayStation Five. Right. Like yeah. it's. Like you're st- yep. you're stuck in the ecosystem with this one. Like they don't yeah. have a choice because otherwise you're creating a you're creating another Vita. AJ the Legend watched and rec- recommends Ring Fit Adventure to get in shape. I tried it. I hated it. <laughs> I, I I didn't hate the game. I thought it was okay and I thought it was clever as a workout tool. I didn't like it at yeah. all. Like I also, hated using that stupid like band as like the yeah, workout. Also, Swanlin tool. makes a good point that that Ring Fit Adventure is hard on the knees. Yeah, and I'm just coming off a of surgery like. Yeah. My knee still is I think is a little too high impact for. My knee still is a great. I'll be honest with you. I'm wondering if like my surgery like the surgeon screwed up my knee a little bit. Like it's supposed to be a 4 to 6 week recovery. I'm in like month 3 mm-hmm. and I still have pain and swelling in my knee. So I mean it happens. Like you never know and, and everybody's body reacts differently to these things, especially as you age. Like I me, mean, I yeah. you know, yeah, I had that bladder surgery in uh, 2018. Yeah. I didn't feel normal wearing a belt for a year really? after that. Like it can take a while. Especially internal shit. I'm a little worried about it, but I got other things to worry keep, about right now. Like finding it. another place to do our damn show. So yeah, just keep using it. Is really the, yeah. I, did, the I got a bike and I've been riding it. So Obviously, I did not have a choice. You, you yeah. got to use your bladder. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the latest update on PlayStation VR two. We probably won't talk about it again until we start seeing legit software rolling in. And then I, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it again once we get the price. I'm the just trying date. to imagine what software could really sway it's me. Night me. Like because the only thing for sure is that Horizon thing, yeah. Because um, Alex is a question mark, and everything else is theoretical. Like I don't know what you. Could they need throw to do me. more of that. They need to create more VR IP based upon their existing IP. God mm-hmm. of War in VR, even if it's like eight hours long, I'd play it. Yeah, even if you just like do a recreation of like talking to that giant snake, <laughs> like I'll just I'll play that. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, just terrifying. Um, there's a there's something to VR. I don't want to completely write it off. So I think Vincent was right. Oh no! Like there's some some cool stuff in VR. It's just 
the barrier of entry for Sony's VR is too extreme. Too extreme, and it's just too easy to you know. If you have it for PC, it's different because it's a little more freeform. You can use it for various things. You're not locked into Steam. You're not locked into you know. You can play other things. Um, you can just look at the website websites on it if you just want to feel like you're in some kind of like weird anime or whatever, um, and like looking at like you know a movie screen sized Internet Explorer window or something. I did that a couple times. That was just annoying. Yeah. Um, it's like it's cool, but also like I'm reading websites. I don't want to have to look up and down. Yeah. Um, but like you know, and like Oculus Quest kind of like makes it a little more freeform. Um, but again, the setup is the issue. This the, the the ability to just jump into it. Like that's why I think the VR centers are popular because you go and you pay your money. They strap a thing on your head. You play the thing. You go home. You like, don't have to worry about all this yeah, crap you don't at to, your house. And <laughs> yeah, you don't have to set anything up. You don't. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's what I should get for five hundred dollars. Is a little little Astro bot robot who sets it up for me <laughs> for that much money not that far out of the question all right time to move on we got a bunch of stuff to get to we have a lot of topics still left in this episode and not much time to get to them uh although i do think most of these topics are not going to last all that long as far as discussion is concerned uh next up we're going to talk about the halo tv show we've talked about it briefly in the show before but we found a new nugget about it this week and i think some people might be a little upset about this or maybe not um, it was revealed by 343 Industries, no less, that the Halo TV show, which has already been signed for a second season, mm. before the first season even debuts, which, is that common? Doesn't These seem These like days, it. yes. Yeah? More and more, like, as soon as the... Uh, Social media response is enough? No, it's usually as soon as the execs in charge see the, the show. If they like what they see, they will greenlight more because they want more ready to go as soon as possible. Uh. Wheel of Time got a season two and three greenlit before it ever went okay. up. Like, it's pretty common now. Okay. so Especially with Amazon. Okay. Amazon um, does that. Well, Halo's TV show has been renewed for a second season on, on Paramount Plus before it even debuts. And 343 shared a little tidbit this week that apparently the TV show is going to unmask Master Chief mm-hmm. and show I mean, his we face. saw a little bit. Like they, they, you see him, his helmet come off in the trailer. And but we've like, seen his helmet sure, come off in like, the games, too. Sure, but I'm just like, you know, there's no way they're going to not show the main the main character's face in this because people who watch people who don't play games are going to be like, why the hell aren't they showing the guy's face? Like, it's just not going to happen. So he's going to be a pale white dude who just, <laughs> just looks like a normal person. Like, that, it's... I mean, we know what his face looks like, more or less. Why do they wait, though? I mean, so you, they wait all this time, 20 years, basically, at this point. They've been waiting to unveil Master Chief's face. They teased it in the games a couple different times and then never did it. Why all of a sudden are they like, okay, we have this TV show that may or may not be a hit, and we're going to basically reveal one of the biggest reveals in franchise history for our fans in this TV show? Because... People who they want the TV show to be a breakout beyond people who play the games, and people who don't play the games are not going to understand why they're not showing you the main character's face. Okay, that's actually what I want to kind of discuss: is the idea of not showing someone's face or hiding behind a mask, or like I think back to my childhood with Kiss. Mm-hmm. Would I've cared about Kiss if Kiss were just them, Paul Stanley, <laughs> and seriously though, yeah. and Gene Simmons and Peter Chris and Ace I mean, it's Freely. part of the presentation. I would not have. No. But because... It would have just been another band. Right. And I was like four or five. I was so young. Like, I don't think I was that old, honestly, when Kiss was like huge. So there's a charm, I think, to hiding the identity. There's some DJs like Marshmello. Yeah, but, but even and, Kiss, at least. You know, Daft Punk, I guess, does Daft it. Daft Punk. 
But also, I've seen Daft Punk's face. They're just French guys. Well, like, they used to be just DJs. Yeah. And so people who are in the scene, like I've been since like the early 90s, we know what Daft Punk looks yeah. like. But my mom doesn't know what Daft Punk looks like. I guess my, my response to this is just like, who cares? Like, I mean, I don't even know why Master Chief's face has been such a big deal. I mean, part of it, I guess, because early on they didn't want to, like, lock him down to one ethnicity or one appearance or whatever because they wanted everyone to just think they were him. It was more of like you can identify with him easier if it's just a voice and a helmet, which I guess – and it also kind of tied with the multiplayer where everybody's running around as sort of a clone as a Spartan. He eventually became – I think they're Spartan 3s now, mm-hmm. so they're not him, but, like – you know, like, I guess. And then at a certain point, it just became kind of a meme. You know, it just sort of became a running gag that, like, they just mm-hmm. don't reveal his face. And there was that one end of, was it end of four or something, where he, they sort of raised the, or was mm-hmm. it four or five, where they sort of raise it, you see, like, his chin or something, yeah. and then it cuts out. Yeah, they've been teasing that stuff um, for forever. But the the real answer is he's a bald white guy. Yeah, he's a guy, like, he's a white dude with a shaved head. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> he's a bald white guy who hasn't been in the sun in forever. Like, that's yeah. it. Like And it's so, like, end... Like, I, like he's gonna look like the guys from Prometheus, and that's the end of it. Like, what? I don't. I mean, it's a big deal, I guess, in the sense that like they've never done it before. But in the same way, there's no reason not to do it because there's nothing special about him. You know, it's it's sort of like Boba Fett. It's like he took the helmet off, and it's just Tamora Morrison. Again. Well, it just becomes a thing. Yeah. I mean, it, once you deprive someone of something, then they just want it yeah. all the more. Well, I think that's part of the logic here of of, reveal, of taking his helmet off in the show is, like, if you don't do it in the show, then it becomes a thing to the new people. And, like, the problem Maybe they're with, tired of the thing. Well, no, but the problem of it becoming a thing is, like, there's nothing there. There's a no there there. So, like, if you make it a big deal to unveil his face to non-game fans, when you do, they're like, that's just a bald guy. Like, who yeah. cares? Like, like, there's no... There's nothing to it. It's just because it's kind of a running joke. About Kiss, they just wore makeup, and still people were obsessed with what they looked like without their makeup on. Yeah, but the makeup like kind of fit with the style and everything. Like I even remember back the makeup. The National Enquirer had like an artist come in and draw Mm. what Kiss's face would look like without the makeup on. Like it was a huge. It was a huge thing. Right. Why do you think it it gets big sometimes with people? I mean, part of it's just because we don't like the not unknown, being shown something. Mystery, We're like, yeah. why are you hiding it? Like, yeah. what's the what's the problem? You know, like that, that's you know, why are you wearing a mask? It's like the Spider Man thing with Jade. Well, Samus know, was Jake like that for a while with Metroid. She took her helmet off in the first game. Yeah, but I mean, all you knew is she was just a blonde girl, blonde woman. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, they weren't really hiding. But that. remember, like in Metroid Prime, it was such a big deal that when like the light would flash off her face, you could see her face inside the helmet for like that brief mm-hmm. second, and people were taking like. Freeze frame so you could see her face. Like, yeah, there's something but, but, but about part of, it. But part of that was just because it was an impressive tech trick. Yeah. Um, uh, everybody knew what – I mean, there's been art of Samus without the helmet on forever. Like, like it, official art from yeah, – in, in the instruction booklet of Metroid 1, there's, oh, there's really? pictures – there's diagrams of her outside of the armor, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Or, or not? No, it. Super Metroid. It's in Super Metroid. And, but there was art outside of the game that, like, you know – Certainly, that wasn't art fan and stuff. Art. That was not fan. Yeah, there was official pictures of her. Interesting. Um, in fact, I think those old official pictures is where the beauty mark comes from. Well, there's also that show now. They've the never mask, been able to decide how she fits in the armor. Singer. You're but right. She's always looked. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's always more or less looked the same. There's the show Mass Singer that's built a whole, yeah. whole premise. Like, there's something about it in pop culture that well, it's a guessing people, speculation. Yeah. The problem with the Master Chief thing is that it doesn't. It's not interesting. Right. Because like, what's underneath? He's just a. Grunt. He's just a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just a military dude. Yeah, it's interesting. He's a superhuman guy, but yeah. he's just a guy. Like, it's not yeah, like, honestly, I don't really care, but I do know that fans are probably going to care and probably would prefer that it happened inside a game instead of some TV show that may or may not be well, good. Well, also, the TV show isn't canon, so yeah. it's not. It's a different continuity. Mm-hmm. It's not retelling the game story. It's just inspired by the games. Um, I think it's. I don't think it matters. 
Um, I'm sure there will be controversy over but I think most of the controversy will be from people who don't know Halo very well being like, wait, why was that a big deal? He's just a dude. <laughs> J.M. Rain says, I hope Master Chief looks like Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be could be crazy. They could do something yeah. extreme like Master, that. Master with, Chief's got, with, you, you got any cheese? Yeah. It's like... Master Cheese. That'll be uh, that'll be the title of that episode. Uh, Shaniki says, "I kind of wish I never saw Mando." Yeah, I kind of love that though because like I love the way um, uh, Pedro Pascal plays that because he's such a badass in the in the armor because usually he's John Wayne's grandson yeah. in the armor. But when he takes the helmet off, like he has, he plays him very intentionally as like very awkward and like he has trouble making eye contact with people like. Like, he's very clearly someone who never takes that helmet off yeah. and has a lot of trouble looking at faces and having people. And like, it plays really well. And, like, it, you know, it's a good character moment because his face doesn't have to be interesting. It, it, it has to be, like, he took it off to, to say goodbye to Grogu. And, like, you see that human moment there. And it's made it's enhanced by the fact that he did that and by the fact that he was able to look at this you know, other character that means so much to him and, and have this moment. And like, so there's a reason that's there. Like, that's why that's there to make that a big deal. And so it works. It, like Pedro Pascal doesn't have to look different or unusual to, to pull yeah. that off. Um, although I do have, I mean, I know it's just because that's how Pedro Pascal rolls in real life. But like, if you always have a helmet on and you are never to take that helmet off ever, why do you have the mustache? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's uncomfortable. Because no one will ever see it. Right. Yeah. No one will ever see it. Oh, it's just for you. That I is guess. a good question. Um, <laughs> one I, I never know. would have thought of. <laughs> and says, it's purely because then you're not going to make Pedro Pascal shave his mustache to be in the fucking show. Like, the chat's funny today. Cinetyke says it was Jeff Bezos all along. <laughs> Master Jeff. I'm waiting yeah. for Jeff Bezos to show up as like Sauron in, in the Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Here's a good actually. Back. Here's a really good point from one supermaster gamer. If the Mandalorian can work ninety percent of the time with a mask, I think they can make it work for Master yeah. Chief. And I think they yeah. are. I, don't, I think he's bar- never going to have his helmet off except maybe one time when they go to repair him or something. Oh, so you think it'll be like Mando, like where he, oh he yeah, has he's, gonna, he's got that mask on ninety five percent of the show. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I have no doubt of that. Okay. The unmasking will purely be like a maybe maybe in the first episode or something like just to show get non-game, it over with just to show non gaming because <laughs> part of it show non gaming audiences that there's a person under there right and it's not a robot yeah because you're right they may wonder because there I mean there was speculation about that when Halo first came out and it is new canon yeah with this series like so you want right. to establish yeah. that that's a person in there okay that makes sense yep you guys are funny today in chat <laughs> good job uh, okay let's move on we're gonna talk next about Starfield. And this week, they're they're slowly revealing stuff for Starfield at this point. Mm. Not encouraging. <laughs> I mean, Might actually happen. It's. I mean, honestly, it's not that encouraging. Like they just put out a developer doc, and it was literally. I just, mean, it's encouraging that they're just they're doing showing something. something. Yeah. yeah, and it was one of their artists just doing a drawing from the game, mm. and then they did a little mini press tour where they talked to some outlets. The artists did, um, and Xbox Wire did an interview with the artists, and they explained that the art style in Starfield they are calling NASA punk. Mm-hmm. Some kind of a spin on steampunk. Um well everything is something punk at this point. <laughs> that's what um, I'm that's what I'm talking about. Like when do we get to the point where this just becomes absurd? All right, well now? We, we've we've been there for a long time. <laughs> and let me explain to you the punk thing then. 
Um, not the punk music thing, but the, yeah. uh, so that so it doesn't. I've come got from, that part covered. Yeah, it doesn't come from <laughs> steampunk. It comes from cyberpunk. Ste- yeah. Steampunk comes from cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Now the purpose of cyberpunk, and this is something that people maybe don't always get, um, the punk part is more important than the cyber part. Because cyber is just to identify it as like kind of sci-fi stuff, right? right? The mm-hmm. punk part is the key. So, like people, a lot of people think of Blade Runner as cyberpunk. Blade Runner isn't cyberpunk, really. It's it's future noir. Um, it codified the look of what we think of as cyberpunk, and certainly um, William Gibson, who was writing Neuromancer at the time, which is kind of the the, the novel that started cyberpunk as a genre. Um, he went and saw Blade Runner while he was writing Neuromancer. And was like, "Oh my God, they did my book already that I'm writing right now." Like he, he, he like had a minor breakdown in the theater because he was like, "Oh my God, this is what I'm writing." Oh, geez. and so like he went, but he still went home and finished it anyway. It was it was very different in the end. Um, but what like Philip K. Dick did and stuff was called new wave sci-fi. The difference with cyberpunk is is new wave had the kind of the dystopian angle and like people caught up in the system and you know like total recalls Philip K Dick Blade Runner total Philip K Dick, you know that's what you're talking about there cyberpunk very specifically established the idea of the protagonist or the main characters being a counterculture movement of fighting against that of rebelling against it of refusing to fit into the dystopia that's where the punk comes from um so the punk is very important to cyberpunk the trick is that after people started to describe other aesthetic settings with the punk, like steampunk, um, the punk thing basically disappeared. Punk is not important to steampunk. Steam is important to steampunk. That's a good it's point. It's just an aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. If you look at any steampunk short story or novel, there's very little about the steam setting that matters. There's very little about punk that matters. It's just cyberpunk was edgy and and techy and and body horror and and so steampunk is like that but with steam that's it <laughs> which makes no so, sense whatsoever. so nasa punk what he's using this to mean is basically we're taking old style nasa design that kind of like sterile sort of like you know almost 70s style sort of like white and tan and gray mm-hmm. and we are turning that into sort of jimmy rigged like kind of fused it together ourselves it actually you know what you know, that because that, that video what you know, actually what the, the art style reminds me of space mountain at, i mean at, at disneyland because like it's like it's like not it real space it's stuff like 80s space yeah it's stuff. like not real yeah. space stuff but it's kind of like a speculative space like stuff from like a bygone space. time yeah exactly yeah. whereas like if you want to get into the weird stuff about like various forms of punk you've got diesel punk which is like industrial stuff things that run on gas engines uh, my favorite you know my you know, I know my favorite punk thing hope punk Hope Hope Punk (laughs) is basically dystopian fiction with basically a positive outlook. Because in the situation, (laughs) because in dystopian fiction, the most punk thing you can do is be optimistic. Hope Punk is is basically cyberpunk that thinks everything's going to turn out okay. (laughs) That is a real subgenre. Look look at this trailer, though, Matt. What about any of this says any of that? Like, I don't understand where they're getting because their other their quotes were like as soon as our lead art director came up with it we all knew exactly what he was talking I think, about so freeze it on this thing on you're this ta- or the one on before? this that, that that what you're looking at right now okay it's this it's this like the white wall with photos stress stuck to it it's the it's the telemetry on the thing just sort of lined up on the on, on the paper just sort of stuck on the wall because that's where you need to read it it's the tiny little door there that is just big enough to be the thing you need to do what you needed to do but not big enough that it's you know luxurious it's that it's the thing where it's like everything is just this just what it needs to do to function 
and kind of has that sort of like white bolted together look. But it's like it looks like a '60s space capsule kind of. That's what they're yeah. going for. Um, I don't know if they're fully getting there, especially because one of the other things they've directly compared to Starfield aesthetic to is like having your own Millennium Falcon, which is a completely different idea. Yeah, that's completely different. I think what they're really after here is like they're after sort of a '70s extrapolation of space travel. If set the '70s, because look at that, the, like with the with the kind of the quilted back on the chair there, and like well, the, yeah, I mean, it looks like the, the I, it's set yeah. when they walked on the moon, basically. right? And the like the the panel up on top is like you know that those are actual lights, not an LED kind of t- you know you're not going to yeah. have like the the Star Trek J.J. Abrams like mid air holographic touch stuff. I think that's where they're going. They're looking for switches you actually flip. Yeah, I just you know don't I mean? get where the punk part of it comes. The in. punk thing means nothing. That's all it is. It's, <laughs> it's just to be called like it's just seventies NASA art stuff. Right, but like so what I'm saying is like they're they're coming from the you know what I'm saying is like it's like hope punk. What I just described to you is coming from the legit cyberpunk tradition where like the punk part, the optim the you know the the, the counterculture part is an important element of what defines this. Whereas NASA punk, the way they're using it, is coming from the steampunk version, which is just like it's got lots of gears and steam in it, and we use punk because it's a cool word. Yeah, like it's it's pure aesthetics. It's not it's not doesn't mean anything. You know, it's it's like you stuck a bunch of gears on your boot and called it steampunk. You stuck a bunch of you know old switches on this console and called it NASA punk. By the way, I just noticed for the first time this shot right here. There's like a creature or a robot walking outside the ship right there. It's like a little I never noticed thing. that before. See it on the right hand side there. Yeah. It's like a little There it goes. Little like drone yeah. walker thing. Huh. <laughs> That's what happens when you freeze it. And like stuff like this where it's like, you know, you see the the, the leaking the leaking coming, you know, the, the the condensation and like the dirty, you know, and it it's feels got, like punk- it's all white and it's got like the it's it's not, there's no um, you know, it's not done up like a like with colors and and like, you know, nose art and stuff like that. It's very it feels almost corporate. It feels like the punk to me it means dirty. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like punk just means in this, in, like, in, like a steampunk or, or diesel punk. Set, yeah, it just means like used. Yeah, like yeah. It, like it's from the street. Yeah, but there is no street because you're on the moon. Like if your <laughs> if your art director came to you and said our game's NASA punk, would you know immediately what that means? I would have an idea. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would figure it was using you know kind of like tan and white bulkheads and like um, big the quilting mission control like you know like um, um, you know. Uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton in, in uh, Apollo 13 with the switches and mission controls, uh, so, like monochromatic kind of screens yeah, inside, like, like oh, yeah. maybe a little like Alien. Yeah, you know, like Alien has a little NASA punk to it. I guess yeah. if you want, if you insist <laughs> on using that stupid term, you know, I hate even saying it. Fire Native brings up a good point. But it's chat. not. But punk it's not, means against something generally. Right. It means but, you're revolting. Your. Yeah, I don't see a punk here yet. I don't. Unless either. we. I mean, we don't know much about the story, so maybe yeah. there is. Maybe you are part of a rogue space agency or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's um, true. It could be true. But like, uh, you know, if if there, I mean, you know, maybe so. I mean, if you're, if you're like a rogue space exploration ex, uh, uh, company. Uh, up against like maybe there's a military empire around or something, and you're sort of like trying to get under the radar. That that would be punk, but also the, but NASA punk seems to be being used to describe an aesthetic, purely an aesthetic, which yeah. is just I think what you're right. It just means dirty. Okay, it just means like street street level or used or cobbled together that kind of thing. Okay, so there you go Starfield. NASA punk explained. It's a detail. real dumb term. <laughs> it's a real dumb. I mean, I'm not a fan of blank punk stuff anyway to just yeah. describe an aesthetic because cyberpunk means something. And I do like cyberpunk stuff. And like I complained about that when cyberpunk came out was like, yeah. there's not really a lot of punk in that game because 
you are working for the cops about half the time. Like, yeah. is it, um, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is very much a uh, a specific version of what Cyberpunk was aesthetically in the late 80s. Yeah. And that doesn't really work for me anymore. Um, whereas, well, they should have but done NASA it. Punk is along <laughs> the same lines. Well, they should have done is they should have made a game about Gigi Allen on the space shuttle. There you go. <laughs> they would have NASA Punk. By the way, do not Google Gigi Allen. I didn't say that. Let's move on. <laughs> We're going to talk next about Nintendo pulling the cord on the Wii U and the 3DS eShop. And I'm just going to say right off the top, I think this is idiotic. And I have no idea why they would ever do this in a million I was a little surprised the Wii U was still up, actually. (laughs) I mean, I admit it's basically a dead platform. But even with a dead platform, there's very little reason to take down a store. Why is Nintendo doing this, Matt? I mean, I guess so they don't have to deal with it anymore. Like, like it's just like deal it, with it, meaning like hire two people to like watch the database I think it's a little, and upload. I think it's a little stuff. more than two people if you're dealing with like transactions. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's notable that they are shutting down the ability to add money to it a year almost before they shut the actual store down. Yeah, because they want to clear the yeah. decks of all. They the don't want to deal with the getting giving people money back or dealing with store credit or anything like that. Yeah, they're they're dealing with that. Yeah, here's the details for those of you who don't know already. Uh, the Wii U and 3DS eShop sales are ending in late March of 2023, but payment options are being gradually disabled, as Matt said, along the way. You'll be able to add funds through a switch and use them through the end date of when things are on sale, so March 2023. So you could put money on your switch and then spend that money to buy 3DS and Mm -hmm. Wii U stuff on the store until March 2023. Uh, The store itself remains live for the foreseeable future to download previous content, but the end of new purchases is coming pretty quickly. Um, as of late March 2023, it will no longer be able to possible to make purchases in Nintendo eShop for Wii U and 3DS. It will also no longer be able to download free content, including game demos. Um, as it draws closer, relative services will cease to function. So as of August 29th of this year, it will no longer be possible to use a Nintendo eShop card to add funds to an account in Nintendo eShop on Wii U or the 3DS. However, it's, it will still be possible to redeem download codes until late March 2023. So if you have any 3DS download codes lying around, I think I might actually have some lying around. If you have any of those, it's time to input them and get them. Um, as of May 23rd, 2022, it will no longer be possible to use a credit card to add funds to an account in the Nintendo eShop on Wii U or 3DS. So May 23rd coming up really quickly, you cannot add any more money on your Wii U or your 3DS. Um, Finally, users who link their Nintendo Network ID wallet, and this gets very complicated, used with Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS, with their Nintendo account wallet, used with the Nintendo Switch, you can use the shared balance to purchase content on any of these systems until late March 2023. After that, the balance can only be used to purchase content on the Switch. Even after late March 2023 and for the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to, this is important, to re-download games and downloadable content, receive software updates, and enjoy online play. But it doesn't say how long that's going to last as far as being able to go download the games that you've already paid for. That's what makes people nervous about buying things on digital marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, um, I can't think of anything else I'd want to buy and download on the Wii U. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was like trying to put together a montage of Wii U stuff. And I was like, there isn't, a lot. There isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> the 3DS, on the other hand, holy moly, did it have yeah. some amazing games. For 
for what it was. Like, but I think I, st- I think I do have everything I have digitally on both of those systems uh, already installed. Like there just wasn't that much. My 3DS library is all physical. I have a huge 3DS library, both physical and digital, because I would buy stuff myself, and then Nintendo would just send me download yeah. codes. And I mean, you're looking at the, you know part of the problem here is like you are looking at the downside of not being able to bring your library forward with you. Right. Like this is not going to be a problem for like the PS4 because you're going to be able to play everything on your PS5. Yeah. Like, not that they, I expect them to shut down the PS4 because it's notable that like Sony tried to do this with the PSP, the the Vita. And everybody yelled at them, and they're like, okay, fine, we'll just leave it there. Nintendo is probably not going to respond that way. Well, Nintendo... Nintendo does what they want. Well, here's the thing, though. Sony's was much more eminent. So fans had a sense of mm-hmm. emergency alert. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen soon. Like, that can't happen. I need to complain. Nintendo's smart. It's like, you know yeah. what? We're not doing this till March 2023. So everybody just forget about it. I do have a feeling when February of next year gets here, though, and people start mentioning, hey... This is going away. I think that's when you might see sort of mm-hmm. the big fan like outrage and yeah. But then they'll be like, "Well, we told you a, a year ago." They'll sign a petition so. and blah blah blah. Yeah, but this not Nintendo doesn't respond to things like that. Uh, very rarely. Yeah, I mean, there was one game, wasn't it Xenoblade, that they brought to the West after petitions, and yeah. then no one bought it. Because <laughs> well, the only thing that the only reason that happened was because it already come out in Europe, and there was an English translation and dub existing, and they made the deal that then Reggie finally. Basically capitulated and get and made it and then complained they didn't sell enough because they made it a GameStop exclusive. Um, Vincent d- did mention for reference the Wii Shop is still up to redownload stuff. So yeah. Nintendo has left those servers up for a good yeah, while. Being after able the to Wii. reinstall and get patches and stuff that has never gone away for the Wii. It's yeah, even all these years later and probably won't. You that, don't you think know, it ever will? I don't see how you could. I mean, why would you? I mean, I don't know why you would take the stores down because the store requires administration work. So little though. It's not because the overflow. You, you, need a, you need a fleet of people to kind of deal with that, uh, both in terms of IT and in terms of customer service. If you get but rid there's of overla- customer service, there's a ton of overlap between those stores and what they're doing with Switch. Well, I mean, with the 3DS, I think the 3DS. Like your IT team. I think the 3DS complaint is more valid than the Wii. Shut the Wii U thing down. Who cares? Like it's over. Like the only thing I would say you need to do is basically save Xenoblade Chronicles X from it. And if that's there's any game that you can only get on Wii U, and there aren't many left. If no. there are any games that are left, you should continue to support those. But they will. Like you're still gonna be able to download them and, and install patches and stuff. Like they're not getting rid of that. This is I mean, I don't even to... know why they would not continue to sell them. Like it's because they again free money because it's not free money because they're spending stuff on maintaining that store and and even those licenses that they need to have to be able to do business on those platforms. Shutting that down gets rid of a whole bunch of administrative administrative glut. Um, at least for the Wii U, 3DS feels like it's so recent and still. F- aren't they still selling 3DSs no. now? They, when did I mean, they stop making they, 3DSs? They stopped manufacturing them like over a year ago. Yeah, well, that's, so that still feels pretty gone, recent. Gone. Yeah, because you're recent. still you're still looking. It's probably some stock in some stores yeah, places. So for like, sure. I think shutting. I mean, like, probably not by next year, but like it just feels a little early for the 3DS. Yeah. Uh, the Wii U, like. I don't know if it ever could have been too early for the Wii U. No, I probably not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but that's also why I keep talking about like you know, like I would like to see you know anything exclusive there or the PS3 to save it because like get it off there so it's not trapped there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's too bad. I mean, but like there's not a whole lot left on the Wii U that you can't just get for the Switch now. Yeah, I mean they've basically brought everything over there are yeah, you put those hd zelda games on there and you put uh, xenoblade chronicles x and i guess devil's third for the masochist and you're kind of done here, here well here's one poking tournament oh yeah poking tournament, tournament, tournament. i don't know i but i know that this game hasn't made it over to switch yet yeah um it may be on the way there's <laughs> pikmin 3 
Pikmin 3 is available somewhere else. Not on for Switch. No? No. Why, was, what is with the Switch not getting Pikmin? I don't know. Especially when they say Pikmin 4 has been done for like five years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. So there are a couple things, Ooh. but for the most part, breaking news. not so much. Oh, we got breaking news. Shire. We got breaking news Threads, live Threads, on Threadzilla says, says uh, Call of Duty skipping a year. Here we go. Straight out of our chat. Breaking news. Schreier report just broke. Call of Duty skipping one year, delaying 2023's game. Yeah, Pikmin 3 is on Switch. Oh, it is? Yeah, I thought so. I think I actually I maybe gave that code to Vincent. And Pocken, is it <laughs> I think Pocken? that's why I, I forgot. did make it to Switch. Pocken, it says Pocken is Pocken, on Switch too. Pocken Tournament, yeah. I thought they brought that forward with like okay. an extra character or something. I was like, oh, maybe, no, nah, I don't care. It's 60 bucks. Okay. Um, I would be interested in stuff like that if it was if they came to the came to the switch on a lower price point, but they tend to not. Yeah. Um, Threadzilla, thank you for the report on Schreier. Um, actually, someone else I think said it earlier. Did yeah. they? Is that is that the first year COD has missed since like 2007? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if that's some way for Microsoft to get around. <laughs> Something. Yeah, you'd think there'd be a contract <laughs> that says 2023 is going to have right. a COD game, but well, right. what did I tell you? Huh. Those contracts better be real specific. Wow. Hmm. Microsoft takes over. Maybe one of the games is just in bad shape. It may be. That's it, right. The Walmart Walmart had that error where they gave Pocken was the price of the DLC. It was like nine bucks for the whole game. Was 60 euro more than the Wii U version. Huh. Interesting. Mm. So I guess really there is nothing left on Wii U. No, there's just there's really nothing. There's just Xenoblade Chronicles X, really, yeah. of stuff that's worth playing. Yeah. And I'd like to see the Zelda HD, you know, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker come yeah. forward, but it's not like those are going to vanish if the Wii U goes away. Yeah. So you're right. Like it's a very weak argument for Wii U, but I feel like with 3DS, 3DS is a different beast. It also like, has a gigantic uh, library. Yeah, I feel like 3DS. you could give 3DS a few more years. Yeah. And like. I mean, there's tons of people still playing 3DS. Yeah. Like, I have a bunch of relatives that still carry their Like, you're going to shut around. down the DSi, sure. Yeah. But, like, the 3DS? Like... <laughs> the DSi, that was a... I don't think it was a weird... It was a bridge, weird half-step. Like, yeah. yeah, bridge console or whatever. Yep. Um, Shneeky says, Yoshi's Wooly World never made oh, it. I had yeah. no idea Shneeky was such a Nintendo fan. Hmm. It's coming out in the wash now, though. <laughs> He's a big Nintendo guy. Or maybe he just Googled it. No, I well maybe that's true. Some of the stuff he's been putting in chat though, I'm like, oh, you must be a Nintendo guy. But he'd never heard of the Oculus Quest too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Scorpio's finest is saying not even Warzone. Well, no, because Warzone's ongoing. So most people are saying actually he's right because the new Warzone <laughs> is supposed to launch like next year, I believe. Or no, Warzone Two's this year. Warzone 2 is this holiday season. Mm-hmm. So it will just keep living on for next year. They don't release a new Warzone every year. They'll update it. So a full platform change is coming this year. And then it'll just keep building on that with subsequent re- releases. So Warzone should be fine. Um, everything else related to Call of Duty, though, looks like it's getting pressed on it's pause. last story. Yeah. What'd you say? Is it, uh, was it uh, Evil? Is it Evil? What's his name? Evil Oni. And everyone's talking about saving Wii U games, but last story is trapped on the Wii. Well, yeah, that I, actually is a good point. I have I have two copies of that. I think maybe I have three. Well, I can't remember. His, his, I can't remember his last story or um or what was the other one? The remnant something was it? Remnant of the Ashes or something? No, it was it's a, the other Wii JRPG thing that came out near the end of its life. 
It was Cave like, Story? No, it was the last story, and there was like Remnant something, Revenant, Revenant something. I don't remember. One of, I have one of those signed by Sakaguchi, and I can't remember which one. Pandora Tower. That's it. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I would never there. remember that. Um, one of the, I have one of those signed by Sakaguchi. I think last story. I can't remember which one he made. Uh, I don't know. All those weird titles blend together. But, you know, these the, it's all infinite undiscovery to me. <laughs> Skeetle juice to taking a stab at sneaky with his modded 3ds in jailbroken switch, not buying a single game. Yeah. What a fan slash expert. <laughs> Damn! I don't even know if that's true about Sneaky. Honestly, I don't get to. Obviously, I don't get to see all the chat stuff that you guys. I mean, last, okay, so I have a last story signed by Sakaguchi, and I don't remember why. Uh, Vincent says part of Schreier's article says that a different free-to-play Call of Duty is launching in 2023. Huh. So it's not Warzone. Why would you launch another free-to-play Call of Duty? I don't know. That has to have already been in the works, though. So why would you do that? Why would know. you splinter your Warzone audience? I don't know. That makes no sense. Okay, but it's Schreier's reporting, and he's usually right, so something in there. Okay, all right. That's it for that topic. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Uncharted movie, because, Matt, you went to see it. I I did not. No? No, I have not seen it. The movie is... Don't. Well, that's what. That's why we're here. We want to hear from you what you I mean, think of it. I guess if it comes when it comes to streaming, like I can't stop you. But it has done one hundred million dollars very well worldwide. Yeah. Very well overseas. Yeah. Did it do better overseas than here? I think. Yeah. Overall. Was it like forty-four million here? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it did well here, but it did way better proportionally overseas. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna just fire People off love a copy, Tom a copyright strike here. I never understand why these studios will give you copyright strikes for and they're not real strikes like they don't mm. they don't count towards your three and you're out but they keep you from monetizing your video on youtube it's like we're talking about your film or your tv show we're basically marketing for you for free yeah a couple of weeks ago warner brothers put a strike out on their own channel <laughs> like they don't know what they're doing it is bizarre but you went to see it so what did yeah. you think matt it was terrible it was that bad it's just awful like, really? it really is bad um I was I was not I was ready for it to be kind of you know yeah kind of fun mediocre sort of no it was real bad like it was, that it was, bad it was it was very soulless filmmaking in a, in a way that I was not really prepared for because <laughs> um, that's the antithesis of Uncharted yeah well I mean okay so also and I had to explain this to some of the friends I saw so first off we saw it I'm the, the hit thing is interesting to me though because we saw the Chinese theater on Friday night and it was us which was uh, seven of us and there were seven other people in the theater. <laughs> like the Chinese theater had 14 people. When we got there, the lobby was literally empty except for the employees, and we're like, "Are we supposed to be here? Like, what the hell?" Here, here's the so nobody quote, wanted actually. to go to nobody wanted to go to Hollywood on Friday night to see this movie. Whereas you, you'd, if it was a Marvel movie or a or a, or a DC movie, it would be full. Um, Sony Film CEOs called it quote new hit movie franchise. I mean, it is a new hit movie. Uh, though I'm sure they'll get another one. I mean, the, here's another thing for you: uh, the post credit scene is in the trailer. Because no so, cause Sony marketing is garbage. Oh Every Sony's trailers for their movies since <laughs> Men in Black One have been coming to the theaters near you. The following plot. Oh my god! The, 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 the post credit scene is about thirty five seconds long, and half of it is in the trailer. Most of the trailer looks like it's all been shot on green screen. It the whole movie is green screen. That's what like it looks there's, like. there's very little. Um, it's not very convincing either. Um, 
but it, I mean, there's things like it, you, there are a bunch of things in it you recognize from the from the games, like that scene, the scene with the plane climbing thing. up the. Cargo. Well, that, that's the opening scene. Oh, it is. Like it starts it with start it, off with it, a bang. Yeah, it, well, it starts out with like all the uncharted. It's yeah. pans down and his ring is floating upside down, and he realizes you're flying through the air, and he's like, "Oh crap!" And like that's you know, it's the traditional uncharted. We start with him in the middle of this crazy thing. It's like I wonder how you wonder how and they flash get out of that. Explain yeah. how you get there. Um, to its credit, it does actually have a reason why he's why that's happening. That's you know, it helps to have known where he was when you're doing so. Like it wasn't, it's not completely inept in that regard. The problem is that like, first is an origin story. Um, who cares? Uh, there are no stakes. the origin of who? Nate. Okay. So it's it's, an, it's it's how he started becoming an adventurer. Okay. Because when the movie starts, he is uh, he's a bartender in New York, uh, being charming so he can steal women's bracelets and sell okay. them. Okay. Um, and then Mark Wahlberg shows up and is like, "Hey, kid, Sully. Yeah." We'll just call him Mark Wahlberg because he's not Sully. He's not Sully. Like he's not oh, really. Like, he can't sell it. He's not the character. Like okay. no. I mean, I guess he's like he's a grifting thief, which is Sully. But he's not Sully. Yeah. Like the character is not there. It's just Mark Wahlberg. Being as, Mark, Mark. Being Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg as a, as a <laughs> grifter Mark. thief, basically. Um, <laughs> Chloe is recognizable more or less as Chloe. Uh, but but here, I mean, really, maybe this is part of a problem with like Uncharted in general. But it's like. Um, the gist of it is like because one of the reasons there's no interesting stakes is like there's no reason they need to get the treasure mm-hmm. like other than everybody wants the treasure it's like which of these horrible people is going to be rich that's it like usually the games have some sort of thing where it's like oh if this gets out thousands of people are going to die like because that's the other thing is like the game that's one of the reasons the games always sort of end up leaning into the supernatural somehow is like there's a sort of forbidden knowledge you can't get out or like it's going to be really bad or the bad guy who's in charge of it is going to be you know irresponsible with it or whatever right. um there's none of that in this like there's no it's just it's there's, lit- no there's no supernatural angle at all, angle at all. there's okay. no element of that at all huh. um there's a lot of improbable things but there are no supernatural things um and the course of the game of course the the game the course of the movie is just very, very simple national treasure style puzzles in the vein of sort of like, you know, only Nate, only Nathan Drake can figure this out for us. It's like children could figure that out for you. Like, it, it's you, not a grand adventure adventure. Like, I mean, they're looking for uh, they're, they're looking like for Magellan's gold. And everything. Yeah, they go around. A, I mean, they go to like uh, a couple places. There's like the, you know, the plane going over the map like mm-hmm. uh, like in Indiana Jones. But it's like there's nothing exotic about the locations. They're just green screen places and maybe a couple on location things in, uh, I think, Spain or something. Because they said the the budget was 120 million. Well, well yeah. That seems well, like a lot CG's for green not screen cheap. and CG. No, it's about what CG costs. Really? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's right. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's, and I was trying to kind of get to the heart of it with like, after we were, we watched, finished the movie and I was like, like part of the problem is like, why make an uncharted movie? Because like uncharted as a game series is based on adventure movies. Like the whole point of uncharted based on Indiana Jones, right. basically. the whole point of an adventure of, of the uncharted games, basically like, what if we did an Indiana Jones game, but with the production values of a movie. Right. And if you, it doesn't make sense to take that in reverse because we already have Indiana Jones movies. We already have National Treasure. We already have The Mummy. We yeah. already have, like, Uncharted is duplicating a genre of film that has been around since silent movies. And all of them did it better than Uncharted most of the time. And they definitely did it better than Uncharted the movie, which is like a copy of a copy of a copy. But they've all kind of gone away at this point, haven't they? Like those somewhat, franchises but, are all kind of dead. Somewhat, but you know, what, the, the the closest comparison to modern franchises here is Mission Impossible. 
Um, and Mission Impossible is partly interesting because you're waiting to see if Tom Cruise dies this time. Yeah. Because all that shit really happens. He does all this all this stuff in Mission Impossible generally is done he in does camera. Yeah. Like they do all those stunts. They do nothing like that is in this movie. It's all computer graphics. There's no sense of verisimilitude. There's no sense of place. There's no sense of any of it. There's like one parkour chase that looks like it was probably done on the roofs of Barcelona or somewhere equivalent to Barcelona that works out okay. And you get to see Tom Holland do some athletic stuff. Um, but that's about it. Um, other than that, it's it all feels very shot in someone's living room. Um, and that's a shame because that's not what Uncharted should be like. Did you make um, it to the end of the film? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we paid for We're sitting in a theater. We're going to make you know. I've walked out of bad movies before. I've never walked out of a movie. <laughs> uh, I wanted to walk out of The Spirit. And I wanted to walk out of uh, Flirting with Disaster. And um, I fell asleep during Prince of Persia. <laughs> but that's about it. But I've never walked out of a movie. Would you recommend that fans of the franchise go and check no. it out? What if they can get a matinee for like four bucks or whatever? I guess. But like, yeah. you just, just wait and watch it on streaming. Yeah. Um, or HBO or and, whatever. Uh, it's just, there's also the other problem is like, okay, this is me here. Let me get into my specific problems. So. This is an origin story, and part of the, the 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 price of telling an origin story of Uncharted nowadays is you have to retcon Sam fucking Drake into the whole oh, fucking you hate thing. <laughs> and so so the whole origin is there. You know they were orphans together, and Sam uh-huh. had to leave because they're going to rest. And so the whole thing is focused around Sam Drake. And oh, like, they, they had no. And I was just like, oh fuck you. I mean, look, he's look, Sam is better in this. He's just a kid who like uh-huh. you know is writing postcards to Nate, and it turns out to be like a puzzle thing for him. But like. The fact that they're retconning, because like that was one of the things that you know when you meet Nate Drake in Uncharted One, he is fully formed. You know who he is. You get the idea. He doesn't need Sam to give him any kind of like pathos or anything. Like, that. Yeah. like I hate what Uncharted Four did to to Nathan Drake. We've been over this a number of times. Yeah. And it's because it's the version of Uncharted that Neil Druckmann basically forced into existence, mm-hmm. whereas the ex- version of Uncharted that existed in One through Three didn't need any of that. You don't need familial ties because you already have an interesting character in Nathan Drake, and you have his journey from being a you know a, an ethicless thief to being someone who has found you know real connection in the world and then you is like oh he actually really always had good connection but he had his brother but that's why i couldn't trust him he was like fuck you he just wanted to work with troy baker again um so there's a bunch of that going on and it's just it t- turns into a cliche that's the problem one of the problems i have with sam drake is it turns the whole situation into a cliche yeah and um and there was and you know there, you've already got enough cliches in uncharted without dragging in the, the i mean it is the a wayward cliche. older brother the whole yeah. ip is a of course yeah, yeah but you, so you don't need to bring in another one the other thing that i didn't like is that neil Druckmann gets credit in the you know the main credit things and you got to wait till the special thanks to see amy hennig's name and you can go fuck yourself really for that one. Yeah. Wow. I mean, granted, she, the characters she created are not really these characters that are on yeah. the screen. They're not but really like, Neil Druckmann's characters but Unch- either. But she created Uncharted. Yeah. But wow. yeah, it's a business. It's a business reality. You know, Neil, Neil's running Naughty Dog. It's, you know, she's not there anymore. I get it. But she created. You know, it's like it's like not having Stanley somewhere. Um, also, there is a Nolan North cameo that is the most awkward, stupid thing I have. It's just so it just stops the movie to do a game in joke, and like everyone's like who didn't play the games is like, what the hell was that? Like uh-huh. it's, it's real awkward. Like who the hell is that? Right? And there's a couple, yeah, and there's a couple times when like you know slowly he gets his original outfit on over the course of the third act, and like he finally puts the gun belt on or the mm-hmm. gun holster on, and they play the Nate Drake theme, like, <laughs> and it's just like oh, and, and I was like, and I was like, so I guess that's important that he put a holster on this, this, like the people didn't play the game you don't for know the so games, lost yeah. like there's like what 
and it made it doubly weird. And the, and the one one guy I was with was like, "Oh, I knew that was a game reference because they also played that theme earlier when you saw the voice actor. They play a little version of the Nate uh, Drake theme." And I'm like, "So it's like you blew the theme to begin with because you wanted to drive home that that was Nolan North. It's just it's just a mess." It's, so would you say the forty? Rotten Tomato score is good. Bad on target. It's accurate. Yeah. Pretty on target. I mean, Have you noticed the fan score is like eighty? Yeah, but that's all self-selected. You can't, you know, and it can be spam, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care what I don't care what the audience score says on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care what the. So you don't think hardcore Uncharted fans will like it either? Then no, I don't. I mean, if your standards are real low, I guess. But like, if you want a good, <laughs> well. mo- if you want a good movie, like I get, you're not going to get it here. Yeah. Um, if you just want to watch Tom Holland sort of act like Nathan Drake for two hours. I guess um, yeah. they the te- the teaser at the end basically sets up the story of the first game, like looking for Drake's uh, coffin and gold and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a second one would have a little more to it. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I probably won't see that. In I mean, the it's not that you're not a fan. So. No, I like Uncharted, yeah. but like, there is no there is no way in hell this movie is two movies what uncharted 2 is two games okay that's i think something we can all resonate with whether you love or hate uncharted you at least have to admit like how it was sort of its own thing and a unique thing and influenced a lot of stuff and the uncharted movie is a completely disposable b-list film at best all right um clearly we're gonna get a lot more but also i do very firmly believe that um this is maybe the dumbest uh this is maybe the dumbest uh, IP Sony has you could adapt to a movie first in terms of interest. In terms of actually making the movie, it's probably a smart thing because it's like the one with no... It seems like it would make sense. It has no <laughs> supernatural elements. It has no special, you know, science fiction things. That, you know, like, if, like you know, what would be like my choice to adapt to? Probably Horizon. I think Horizon would be a, a really good that movie. That would be a good sci-fi but film. But that's probably a $200 million movie. I mean, I think The Last of Us... I mean, they're doing The Last of Us as the right. TV series. Yeah. So but fine. I think that's the bell cow. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But there's a bunch of other stuff you could, you know, I mean, they already tried Ratchet and Clank. That didn't work out too well. Yeah. But you're probably going to stick to live action stuff. But it's like the only thing I could think of that would be, I mean, in terms of their really successful stuff, this is probably like bottom of the list, but it's also the simplest, I would say. I mean, obviously it would be a worse idea to do Days Gone, mm-hmm. but they were never going to do a Days Gone movie. It's just The Walking Dead all over again. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a waste of time. Like, if it comes up on streaming at some point, you could do probably worse than to watch it while drunk or something or stoned. Like <laughs> As you're passing yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm not saying, like, you know, go ahead and experience it for yourself if you can, when you can get around to seeing it for, some, for something you're already paying for. Yes, yeah. But I would definitely not take time out of your day to go see it in a theater. Clearly, a bunch of people have already, so don't maybe don't listen to maybe don't want to. But um, I did not find it a particularly compelling filmmaking. Okay. Chat. If any of you guys went to see it and you ha- you want to share your impressions of it, hold them until we do Q&A at the end. We need to move on to the last topic because we're running out of time right now. Um, and that last topic is Cyberpunk 2077. And Matt, I do believe that this will be the last time we ever discuss this game on Game Face, mm. other than as a tertiary comparison to something. Until Cyberpunk 2070, 2078 <laughs> gets announced. <laughs> this is kind of the final update. I will be shocked if they ever touch this again. Yeah, me too. This is kind of the final update. It was yeah. released for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, I believe. Um, very suddenly. And it does. It was very suddenly. And it does have a free upgrade option. Um, I only had the PS4 version of it. I just went to the PlayStation Store. Free upgrade to PS5 was there. I will say this. They 
the new version of it is like 70 gigs and the old one was like 95. So they've managed to crunch it down some more. I'm assuming using Kraken technology or whatever. Um, so it is smaller than it was before. So what I ended up doing was I just completely deleted the PlayStation 4 version off of my console and then just started new with the PlayStation 5 download. Um, and I will say this, the game now looks like what I thought it was going to be before I played it the first time. Yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, I'm playing it on the Series X. Um, I had I had it completely un- uninstalled, so I just reinstalled the oh, whole okay. thing. Um, on the internal this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they fixed the HDR. Um, yep. It, it actually, I get the little logo popping up. Yeah, it looks when really, the game starts. Looks really good. Um, like I was impressed just driving around at night. Like it looked, it looked like what I was expecting it to look like. Back By the way, this like B-roll is of the PS5 version. I just captured this from the new. Um, it's code. definitely, it's definitely a richer visual experience for sure. And again, uh, I mean, I hadn't played it in forever. I, the, I looked at my save, and the, la- the last time I played it was December thirtieth, twenty twenty. Yeah. And um, mine was like November, I think. And of course, they like <laughs> they like uh, you know they've reset all the perks so that you got all your perk points back. And I'm just like, I don't know what any of this stuff. I know. Anymore. I have no clue. <laughs> and also, when I started it, just mission objectives. Oh, just endless just mission ding, stuff. Ding, 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 ding. And they added some fun, some interesting. <laughs> it like, did show me that they've added a lot to the they've game. They've added a bunch of like little things. They've added apartments you can buy. You can modify stuff. You can yeah. You can buy, and they added a bunch of new contacts. And the contacts have like. A set number of missions you do for them, and then you get special stuff, which I like because that's like an open world uh, goal. You give me goals to do in the open world, and like some of that I'd already done some, but I went around doing that without ignoring. Because like one of my problem here was like I didn't remember what I was doing. I didn't remember yeah, how to I play know. the game. Like, I had it, finished the game already, so I just loaded up like an old save and just started fiddling around in the yeah. open world. I I mean I spent a lot of time just walking around the city. Like I, again, I think I said it when the game came out, even, but like the this is one of the most believable places. In yeah. games ever to me, I, it's even like, better now. Now I just Absolutely. walk around the buildings and look at people. You know, now there's all, all these different looking people. Like they've definitely added variety and like the, what the pedestrians look like. The other thing I really appreciate is one of the few open world games uh, I've played where uh, the people in the city have different body types. Yeah, like there's thin people and short people and fat people and tall people. Like there's a bunch of different people walking yeah. around. It looks like a street you'd see. With it seems like there's more people. Yeah, on the streets now than there was before. And it, runs it feels smoother. way more alive than it was before. Oh, yeah, much, much more. And, and it, just the world feels, I don't even know how to really verbalize it, it just feels more solid. Like, things aren't, mm-hmm. like, jittery and feeling like they're just barely yeah. holding together. Even the like, combat, so eventually I did realize that I was mostly a sword fighter, um, oh. so I put my perks back into that. <laughs> and, like, even, like, fighting guys close up, like, the, the, that all feels much more, you know, you'd hit them and they'd go crazy and flip over and stuff, but now uh-huh. it's like, now you hit them and their head comes off and they're, you know, they fall over right, more or less. Like, there's, yeah. like there were a couple times I hit a guy and he just flew like 40, 40 yards. <laughs> but also, I'm very strong. I don't, I don't so, mind. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. mind that every once in a while. No, Sometimes okay. little glitches like that can be fun. The driving is better. Like they definitely improved the handling on the cars. Um, it felt the same to me, like GTA. No, it's, where it's, you... it's definitely different. Really? Uh, oh, for sure. It, it's the not. Driving feels I like... wouldn't call it good. Yeah. But it's definitely <laughs> better. It has that same thing that GTA has, where you have to let off the gas when you go around corners and hit the brake, or you're gonna just slide off the road. Like mm. the cars never turn as tight as you think they're going to it depends on like i have a i got this, i have this mad max car that takes turns real well oh, okay um, and like one of these, you can like, see what i'm driving here yeah I'm that dri- thing I'm is driving not, a yeah, you, you, you can't uh <laughs> that's for that's for sitting outside the mark's house and like observing when their wife comes home that's not for <laughs> car chases yeah i just grabbed the first car that was outside like because i've yeah. already finished the game i knew i wasn't gonna like play it again i just wanted to like 
just spend some time in the city and see yeah. what it was well, like. Once I remembered that I could summon my cars, I'm like, oh, right, I had this really cool Mad Max car that yeah. could cr- corner on a dime. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, definitely improved. Like Vastly, it's, I It's a whole, yeah. whole different game. I mean, it's still not great, but it's like... I, I really, I honestly liked Cyberpunk 2077 a lot. Like, I liked it. I, I will still not say a lot. Um, yeah. Like when you say compare it to Horizons, Horizon Forbidden West, I'm just going to laugh. Like it's it's yeah. not in the same league, but it is maybe one league down. Um, I don't know if I would say it's not in the same league. It re- I just don't find it as interesting to play. Like the story- I would prefer to play Forbidden West, but th- this game has its charms. I feel it does, but it's 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 less than the sum of its parts to me still. Um, and it did. It's not- still a disappointment compared to what I thought it was going to be at one point in my life. Yeah, where I thought it was going to be like the game of the forever. Yeah, but even with like distance from that, like playing it again, like because I played it like for like most of a day. Like, yeah. A, well, I guess most of, like basically last week when I came home from the show because we did. I found out during the show. Yeah, that it, it, it had been up, So I installed yeah. that and I played it like most of most of that night and like the next morning and like uh, and then I got another code for something else and I'm like I don't need to play this anymore. <laughs> Um, but like, Sayonara, sucker. like, I don't dislike it, but I do feel it's just sort of middle of the road, more or less. I, I you know, and, and like, certainly the storytelling is and certainly the, the presentational storytelling is head and shoulders above most stuff. Um, I just don't find the story particularly compelling. Um, and I feel like it's missing. Oh, I think there were moments in this that were great, man. Here there and was, there, but like, there were over, a couple moments that crushed me in this eh, game. I didn't care about anybody enough for that. Really? Um, Jackie, you didn't care about that whole thing? Not really. I mean, I would have, I, I, I am eternally going to wish I could have played the game where they did not skip the first year of your life in Night City into a montage. Cause I, I feel like, under, I can, understand I feel that. like I needed to go on some more adventures with Jackie to really bond with. I that mean, character. that's the funny part though. That to me, that character was so strong. That the limited amount of time that I did spend with him, it, it yeah. When well, I, I don't want to spoil the game because a lot of people are just now starting to play. I it. didn't feel that, but but like I do think that. I think the, maybe I said too much already. I think everybody knows what happened. Really, there. it's very famous in terms of anyone who's following that. But like I do think that uh, the game needed more Jackie. I, yeah. I didn't care about what happened to Jackie really, but I do think he was a good presence and a good foil for V. I thought he was a great character, um, and like he was he was. He was a good way to learn more about the world without it feeling artificial yeah. and like he was the tutorial basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just would have liked more Jackie. Yeah, I can get that. He was a great character. Um, I thought. And outside of Jackie, like the other characters uh, that I like are very. Li- li- I like that Ripper Doc that you first start with, whose yeah. name I can't remember. I like that one. Uh, I think it's Nix or something. The, the the hacker girl that you meet in the club who like you bring stuff back to her once in a while and she like figures things out for you. Yep. But, like, all those characters are people you go back to briefly as opposed to people that are kind of companions on the journey. It's a very solo game in that regard. Yeah, which, that's um, true. It's fine. You know, just every every encounter is pretty much the same. Like, you know, like what, what, what you're doing right here could be literally any side quest in the entire game. Like <laughs> you just show when people are shooting There's just stuff. no <laughs> – what are you aiming at? They're shooting at a car. They're tar- it's target practice mm. or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you go too near someone and they all attack you for no good reason. That's what happens like, right here. Yeah, I just pull my just, gun out and that's don't. it. They, they're like, oh, he has his gun out. Whereas, like, you know, I can, I can tell you, like, stories about the side quests in Forbidden West that I'm just like, it really got into things like that. Yeah. Like, I'm saying they're like, you know, I'm not saying everything's like poignant fucking best picture stuff, but like, I just, it, there's more to do. There's more different things to do. And I just yeah. felt Cyberpunk was the same thing over and over again. And I pulled them to a certain standard because The Witcher 3 is not that. Yeah. 
I, I think we can both say at this point, though, if people ever had interest in playing this, they're good to go now. Yeah, now is the time to yeah. play it if you've been holding off, for sure. And some people have, like AJ the, Wat- AJ the Legend Watson. He's been waiting to play this game. He's had it since launch, and he has not played it. He's been yeah. waiting until... Basically, we gave him the go-ahead, and we're giving it to you now. Yeah. You're also, like, it's, I mean, I know it was an impossible thing to do because the game was designed the way it was designed. Why is it first-person? Like, I didn't mind it was first-person, but the more I played it now, I'm just like, you know, I'd really like to be able to see my character. It doesn't bother me It doesn't all, super bother really. me, but I don't understand why. The, it, what, the fact that I can provide the option. The fact that sure. I can drive in third-person, but I can't walk in third-person yeah, is weird. It's weird. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It like, commit to something. Yeah, you know? I hear you. But anyway, if you've been waiting all this time to play Cyberpunk 2077, this is as good as it gets, people. This yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I mean... This is endgame. There might be some more DLC. Yeah, maybe one little, like, patch of whatever hot fixes happen with, like, the, the yeah. next-gen patch in, like, a week or so. But, like, this is... It's 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 certainly... Weird it's certainly to It's certainly it. to the point where you will be able to judge it for its game and yeah. not for its tech. Its bugs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And a weird time to release it too, like just out of. I mean, it just was put it out right in between Horizon and Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was ready when it was ready. I guess <laughs> I you know, that, they said Q one. I mean, they probably just written it off at this point. Yeah, I mean, just get it done. Yeah, it came out the same week as like the, the latest like No Man's Sky patch. Which it doesn't. Really... I mean, all these big competitors to yeah. Cyberpunk all came out at once. I think they just don't ever want to talk about it again. Yeah. Um, and they got because uh, I bet there's going to be all the kinds of fanfare for the Witcher Three next gen patch in Q2. Well, they're probably just really sick of working on the game. I would think so. Yeah. Those people have to be like, I don't want to touch this ever again. Yeah, it's one thing if you're doing DLC for two years, but yeah. it's another thing if you're just trying Fixing to fix the it. game that launched already after you spent all this time telling your bosses that this was not going to work. Yep, and then they launch it anyway, yep. and then you're fixing the problems that your boss created after so. everybody got called out for it. I mean, yeah, there cannot be a lot of positive feelings left for that game internally. That's true. Okay, that's it for Game Face 290. We're going to take some questions from Q&A. As always, go at Sifted Games in the chat to help us plug the que- pluck the questions out from all the other conversation. Let's head on over and see what people are up to in our awesome <laughs> chat. AJ the Legend Watson asking the real questions. <laughs> uh, Which do you feel worse about, Shane? Recommendation-wise, the initial hype of Cyberpunk or the suggestion of PSVR? Um, PSVR, absolutely. PSVR costs a lot more money. so A lot more money. Yeah. And like there's and it, Cyberpunk eventually got fixed. I mean, there's no way to know that they're going to release a game broken. No. Like, well, also... They Cy- showed us a demo that was awesome. And also, Cyberpunk eventually did get fixed, and PSVR did. still has nothing to play. <laughs> it still makes so. me sick. So, yeah. That, too. Definitely PlayStation VR, not even close. Um, yeah. JM Rain, thank you for gifting the Tier 1 subs to everyone in our chat. Again, another reason to show up and watch the show live. We're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. Odin5, thank you for Twitch Prime. I also saw that a lot of you guys did subscribe with Twitch Prime early in the show. I'm sorry uh, that I didn't recognize you guys verbally on the show. I should have, but the intro was going on too long, which also is all my fault. Um, and I just needed to get the show going because I knew we were going to talk a long time about Horizon Forbidden West. Is there no New Game Plus in Cyberpunk? I don't believe so. That's got to be coming. Maybe. They talked about that before. They may just quit. <laughs> I don't know. Take, um, take a cue from No Man's Sky. Keep 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 putting stuff in until you're done. Yeah. Uh, Vincent, are you interested in the new LEGO sports games from 2K? Or are you just disapp- disappointed you're not getting Midnight Club? Lego sports games, my interest's 
Yeah, it's not close a, to zero. I mean, I don't, I don't care about Midnight Club either. So. That was an announcement from today, by the way. Just um, give me the Star Wars game for God's sake. Minority games. One I like month. Cyberpunk. Should I start a new game or wait for a new game plus? Wait, did you finish it before, or did you get halfway through it? Sounds and like you quit? finished it. Sounds like you finished it, but he wants to know if you should start a new game now or if you should wait in case they do a new game plus so he can carry over his stuff. I think you should buy Horizon Forbidden West or Elden Ring. That's what I would suggest. Instead of playing the same game twice, if you're hurting for cash, I would wait for new game plus. Yeah. Although playing it again with everything fixed might have its charms, but probably not enough. Uh, One Super Master Gamer, do you think Big Sight should take advertisement money from games they are reviewing, covering. Ooh. That's a fine question. Like, um, I've been a part of that. I worked at Game Trailers, um, and we we had tons of ads for games. Oh, like, yeah. I will say this. I do write, uh, like, marketing stuff for game stuff sometimes, and I will say that um, the people who do that part in those big sites – are completely unrelated to the editorial side. Yeah, yeah. Like no one who who does the advertisement stuff is ever touching the reviews yeah, or saying yeah. anything about the reviews. That is simply not happening. I don't think they're insinuating that. Happening. I don't. Well, I don't think they're insinuating that like editors are working on marketing materials, but I think they're. Worried. I mean, I don't know what else you you can be implying by saying take advertisement money from the games they're. Well, he's implying that the editors may just look at the ads running on the site and be like, "Those people are paying our bills." Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. I knowing a lot of those people, I guarantee you they do not do that. Yeah, they are all a either to have too much integrity for that, or b think too highly of themselves for that. Yeah, and I mean there are most also most of the people who work for those big sites are aware that they work for giant corporate entities who are not their friends. So why would they want to count out as someone that's making them making a company money that's not making them money? I would argue the bigger risk with editorial today and even back when I worked at Game Trailers, isn't that people are like, oh, they're spending lots of money on our website. I'm going to give that game a good review. It's that I want to work at that company. Yes. And I know the PR person there, and I know a couple marketing people there, and they know that I'm reviewing this game. And that, to me, is the bigger problem. That is probably the closest you'd get to that kind because of concern. I just I've said this before, various places that a lot of people get into doing what Matt and I are doing right now, not because they're, they love journalism or they love creating content or they went to school for what they're, they're planning to do. They're like yelling about video games. Yeah. They're using it as a stepping stone to get the job that they really Mm -hmm. want, which is working at Nintendo or working at Xbox. Also to be fair, when when we got into that, uh, that wasn't a thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We did this a long time before that started to happen. Journalists started making that jump. And once, what, what was the guy's name from IGN that became the community manager at for Halo at Bungie? Oh. Um, he was the first. He the was first there, yeah. high profile Him editor. And like Cassim Asina. He, he, like, well, yeah. Was, he went was, to like was, Apple, though. Matt did. He went to Nintendo briefly, I thought. No. Did he do something like that? Uh-uh, he didn't. Which is surprising. If there was one he editor, ran that Nintendo thing <laughs> in the ground. Did. But anyway, he was the guy, I think he worked for IGN. He may have even worked for IGN PlayStation or whatever. Went to Bungie. And that's when the light bulbs went off for mm-hmm. all the editors. And they're like, I can't remember oh, who that was. I can be an employee at IGN mm-hmm. and I can get a job at a game developer. Yeah, well, I remember starting to see like people who were interns and lower end producers at, at G4 suddenly started getting uh, development positions. I'm like, 
wait a minute, you can do that? <laughs> like, that yeah, I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, there's a couple people that we both used to work with that are now working in development. And to I be mean, fair, most of them have done really well. They have, yeah. And look, I don't want to begrudge people. Like they were good picks for getting their dream job and finding a pathway to their dream job through what we do. Um, it's you know they just want to do what they have mm-hmm. a passion for and they want to work for Nintendo or whatever company yeah. that. As for me, I never wanted to work in game development because it seemed like hell. Me either. So it's never even been an option for me. And, it, you know, I went to school for this. And, like, it was – my path was always to do this. I never had this idea that I was going to work at some gaming company or whatever. It was never something that I wanted to do. But to me, that's the bigger danger is the editor who wants a job, is pining for a job at one of these companies, and they're reviewing their games. And, look, when you review a game for a publisher, you are in touch with them. So PR, like, they send you an email with your, your review code, and they have instructions there. If you have any problems, if you get stuck, if you have any questions, just reach out to me. And sometimes those emails will even have, like, email addresses to people who are actually developers. Or sometimes the PR person becomes the middleman between you and actually someone who works on the game. Because the PR person can't figure out how to solve your problem, so they go straight to the source, and you end up talking to a developer. So... That, to me, is the bigger danger, not a bunch of ads running on a gaming website. Uh, let's see if we can take a couple more. What time is it? Ooh, take one more. Um, that was a good question, though, Supermaster Gamer. Um, Kevin Roth, have you found a new studio? No, not yet. Still looking. Ashes in the Hourglass. Shane, are you interested in bringing back Name That Game just without the rewards? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in bringing it back, period. Um, but I want it to be with rewards, and I'm also thinking about tweaking it so that the clues aren't just me saying a clue. Other ways to give you guys clues. That's all I'm going to say. But it's not going away. It's coming back, I promise. One more. Um, the Champ 2105, first-time chat from a viewer. Welcome aboard, man. Thank you for stopping by and watching the show live for the first time. And the champ, you've been, I believe, I've recognized the name. I think you've been a subscriber to Sifted from, like, the beginning. But anyway, welcome. Glad that you finally decided to speak up in our chat. Um, and he says, I'm watching first time live. I'm usually waking up and going to work. I don't know if you covered it, but did you hear that Square is disappointed with Guardians of the Galaxy? Thoughts on it? Not shocked at all. No, Square has very unrealistic <laughs> expectations for things a lot of That's time. the best way to put it. Square's expectations for sales of its games are completely Yeah, going bonkers. back to that Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. It, or Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider reboot. I, I mean, think were, we may have said, Matt. Yeah, when I, we I think we said that at the time, it, for sure. There was no way it was going to sell enough to make Square happy no matter what. And Square was going to say something crazy about yeah, it. And, and sure enough, here, here it are. is today <laughs> when the sales finally come in and they know what they're getting out of the game. They say it's not good enough. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, oh, Elden Ring. You know what I'm disappointed by? Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I know which one you should double down on. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was great. I thought it was an excellent game. Um, also, you guys are probably wondering, hey, why aren't we talking about Elden Ring? The Elden Ring embargo is up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't talk about it on today's show. Matt and I are both playing it, though. Um, and it's a good thing we jumped on it early. Because it is not easy, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, because if otherwise, I'll get in trouble. Uh, but um, both Matt and I are both playing it. We should have in-depth observations of that game next Tuesday, just like we went over hardcore for Horizon Forbidden West today. So have that to look forward to next Tuesday. And with that, I think we got to close the show. Um, we are at time, and it is bittersweet to say goodbye to our studio here. It has been short. 
but it's been the best studio that we've ever had. Yeah. Like, long, when did we come here? It was August. Was it August? July yeah. or August? Yeah, around there. So yeah, we, that we, sounds right. So we've Summer. been here for actually for quite a while now, but I'm gonna miss this view. That's right, because the lease ended in like June of the old place. Yeah, yeah. Um, this the show just felt more organic. Um, for some reason, certainly just, more carbon based. Yeah, <laughs> being able to look outside for me, I don't know. It, I'd come in here before we'd shoot, and it would just kind of change my whole attitude towards the show every time. Um, and it sucks. Like the people that we work here with are awesome. They're really cool people. Um, and they welcomed us with open arms, even though our business is a lot different than a lot of the businesses here. And louder. And louder. They put up with our <laughs> swearing and our <laughs> it's funny. Like we've had conversations with people at the door where they've listened to the show and made comments mm-hmm. about like what we've talked about. Yeah. There's some gamers in here. You've yeah. seen some like pe- some people putting their heads up over here, like you see their heads poke over the top. That's because they're like fans. Like mm-hmm. they like games and they're like listening to the show. And they want so. to know how to pronounce Arceus. Yeah, they did. Well, they told us how to pronounce Arceus, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really sucks to have to leave here, especially knowing that they're just going to demolish this place. Like I can't believe you would just demolish a building this nice, but that's money. So, um, yeah, I don't know where we're going to be next Tuesday. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I have seven days to do that. I also have to move all the stuff out of here. And get some of it into storage. It's going to be a really crappy week. But I just want to thank you guys for being along for the journey um, while we've been here in the studio. Hope you guys enjoyed it for the brief amount of time that we actually had it. Um, and we will be back next Tuesday. Come hell or high water, there will be a show. Even if we have to do it on Zoom, there will be a show next week. we got to talk about Elden Ring. Also, I'm probably going to do a stream with Elden Ring. I'm probably going to do Shane versus Elden Ring. And I, it'll pro- I know, I know. It'll probably be, like, just one night a week for a couple hours. It may take me five years to get through the game at that rate. But I think it'll be entertaining for you guys. And I'm I'm going to go in with a positive attitude. And I'm going to go in with the idea that you guys are going to help me get through it. So I'm going to lean on you guys to do this. So don't, like, I've talked about this before. Like, don't badger me or make fun of me. Let's make it a community thing where you guys try to help me get through the game. All right, but you got to listen. Okay, I will listen. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that's something to look forward to. And look, it's okay if you want to laugh at me. Like, I, I'm not that sensitive about it. It's just whenever I start doing this, it feels like everyone is there to just make fun of me. And they're not well, there that's to help. That's because, like, who, who, was it Jeff Green who did those? It was just him failing at games. And I don't know. He, 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 that was a whole thing, but, like, he, like, did Dark Souls stuff. And it was just sort of, like, watch Jeff Green flounder through Dark. And that's basically yeah. what that was. was right. People, like, mocking him relentlessly while yeah. he failed to get through Dark Souls. Yeah. And I think he did, like, all three games in Bloodborne in the end. Like, but, I mean, look, if you find a gimmick and it works, just go, <laughs> you know, lean into it. But, yeah. like, yeah, I think that's just sort of, like, what people are primed to do. Yeah. With My that goal in this is not to create some gigantic Twitch streaming audience that watches me do this. My goal in this is to learn how to appreciate these games that's what I want to do. And obviously, fans of these games are going to be the best conduit for me to do that. So just keep that in mind before you watch the stream. It's not about coming and heckling me, although I'm sure some of you will. And I'm fine with dealing with some of that. I just don't want that to be the whole crux of the streams because I'll stop doing them. That's all there is to it. So um, just want to lay the groundwork before we get started on those. But those should be coming pretty soon. It might be like Saturday night or something like that. If you have any suggestions for when I should do it, let me know. And uh, I'll take those into consideration. But... Um, yeah, I guess that's it from this studio. How many of these have we done now? <laughs> Three? Oh, moving? Yeah, where we were like, goodbye, studio. Yeah. This is the third one where we had to one. say goodbye. 
Yeah. We barely even did anything in that second one. Uh, and people may wonder, they may sit there and they're like, why does Sifted keep moving locations? It's because we don't make enough money. Like, I have a very thin budget to mm. pay for a location. Also, like, you can't help it if they sell the building out yeah. for you twice. Yeah, and that's happened like, twice. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I probably could have found a building that was newer or nicer that wouldn't have been sold or been taken down if I could afford an office in yeah, those But also, buildings. like, that mar- the market for commercial and residential in this city is insane right i've never right now, seen anything awful. like this yeah it that's is, why i can't tell you that i have a studio right now because i just i can't find one that i can afford right now so i've seen some some rents for some like tiny little like you know three thousand dollars a month for a 570 square foot one bedroom and i'm just like what are you what, on what, like what planet are we on i know it's like nuts. in areas of the city that i probably wouldn't want to walk in i know you know like it's just yeah. it's it's just ridiculous and a lot of its landlords trying to make up uh, revenue they're losing from being unable to evict people who can't pay their rent. Yep. So anyway, um, I'm hoping some of the new stuff that we're doing is going to help generate some more revenue at our Patreon. If you want to support us, please do. Head to patreon.com slash sifted. Um, our Patreon has been at its lowest point now for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, so every person makes a difference. But unfortunately, it's like we can't do big things without revenue. Um, and that's where we get it from. So if you like the show and you want to see it continue, um, Again, patreon.com slash sifted. You can pledge a dollar or a billion dollars, whatever you want per month, uh, and it'll be a huge help to us as well. If you're watching the show on YouTube, head down to the description below and at least subscribe with Twitch Prime. Um, the instructions are down there. It After you've linked your accounts, it's literally two clicks. I know it's a pain in the ass to remember to do it every month, but that's why we remind you here on Game Face and on Pactor Factor. But anyway, it's going to be a big surprise what happens with the show next Tuesday. I'm just going to leave it at that. Thanks to everyone who supports us. Really appreciate it. We'll see you in our new destination soon. Game Face is up and out.